Sirius 197, XM202, The Virus. The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Holy shit! What the fuck is that? It's the new Bell and Sebastian. It's the record we've been listening to and enjoying, Barry. Well, that's unfortunate because it sucks ass. Yours, I assume? Okay, buddy, uh, here's the thing. I made that tape special for today. My special Monday morning tape for you. Special! It's fucking Monday afternoon. You should get out of bed earlier. Sure. Tell me why I don't like money. Tell me 
Abaris Abaris, it's around a Fed show On a Monday And I know what you're thinking Hicks, come on It's Monday So you don't So you just play I don't like Mondays yeah. What are you, some AOR station in, in uh, Lansing? I'm speaking to you through the radio Here's what he's uh, speaking to you because, yes, I know every album-oriented rock station in the country plays I Don't Like Mondays every Monday. Of course, never this late. You're supposed <laughs> to play that at your 6 o'clock wake-up. Uh, but the reason why Mr. Pepper Hicks played that song is because he's got a certain booking coming in a little later on today. That's right. Of the Boomtown Rats, Mr. Bob Geldof. Now... Is it Mr. Bob Geldof or Sir Bob Geldof? Sir Bob Geldof. Are we sure about that? Because here's the thing. He was born in Ireland. And I don't know whether you can get the name Sir unless you were British. Now, I guess if he's from Northern Ireland, uh, we're in. Yeah, that would make sense, yeah. Where it's was he born? Dunlory. Well, I'd have to ask Mooch that. <laughs> I'd have to ask Mooch if that's North or in the Republican. If anybody knows whether Bob Geldof is Sir Bob Geldof, whether he was knighted, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Now, uh, I came in here today, and Mr. Watley's just in a bad, bad way today, huh? Yeah, yeah. Now, this is what bugs me about it. I spent most of the weekend with him, totally chilled, oh. totally great, uh... I know he had one weird thing happen over the weekend. I'm like, dude, don't even tell me about it now. Put it on the show. So I guess uh, you're the Eggman today. I am the Eggman. Wow. All right. Uh, and not to waste a minute today. Because uh, what time do we have Sir or Mr. Bob Geldof coming in? Looks like in about 20 minutes to a half hour he'll be stopping Mr. By. Sir, or there used to be a one-legged guy in the spectrum standing outside the bathroom selling pencils. And every time you go to a concert or a Flyers game or a Sixers game, and he was a black guy, and he just had one leg, and he would always say this all day, Help me out, Mr. Buddy Sir. Mr. Buddy Sir. <laughs> I always like that fucking expression. And I go like this. Uh, dude, I'd give you money, but I'm saving it for alcohol and drugs. Well, it's I like to, to put it straight it up, yeah. It's a good thing to save for. Uh, I always, you know, as a kid, you have a dream for an OZ of Coke. Every kid has that dream, and I'm sorry. You know, something I had to work towards. Get that onion. All right, now, uh, this is something we got for you gamblers out there. It is March Madness. It's time to put together that. If you go over to 202 Friends right now, We've got a contest going on, and this is where it's going. Um, win it, and you get a signed basketball by, well, a very famous Ginger Hicks. 
Bill Walton. Is it Sir Bill Walton or is it Mr.? I think it's Mr. He wasn't from the Isles of Britain. Wasn't from the Isles of Britain. <laughs> and then also tied into that, Sirius XM has thrown in is if you can win it all and beat everybody from Sirius uh, a trip to New York City. So here you go if you're anywhere around the country. Two great prizes. Go to 202 Friends on Twitter right now, right now, and sign up for this. Your chance to pick that up or that trip to New York. And now I know what you're saying. Hey, I work with some people who know basketball but don't necessarily listen to the radio. Get that motherfucker involved. Win this thing. And you and him could go to New York City. Fuck yeah. Sign Ben and Bill Walter basketball. Come on. That's doubling down. So, uh, win 202 friends straight out a signed Bill Walton basketball, which for me personally would be my choice because I live in New York City. And how am I going to, what's the trip to New York City going to be? I poof you there? That's bullshit for me. 202 friends, get on top of this. All right, before we have Mr. Buddy Sir, Bob Geldof stopping in here today, and we still don't know whether he's knighted or not. Is Zito, you think you have information for me? Yeah, it seems to be that it's a nickname, but since he's not a, it's it's a nickname that's stuck, but since he's a citi- he's not a citizen, he's like precluded from actually using it. Yeah, you get an award, and they've done this for Americans before and, and people, but you're not knighted. Now, uh, and Zito, you're excited about this contest. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. A chance to win the trip to New York City. This will be great for your parents. They can fly in here from Rhode Island, the Rhode Island International Airport. You know, I got so scared over the weekend, I thought that maybe your parents living there out on that island got caught up in that tsunami and got sucked out to sea while your dad was doing... What is it? The galloping major d'? What's he called? <laughs> the TV major d'. The TV major d'. He gallops. Uh, the, I was thinking of the Galloping Gourmet, which used to be a fabulous show on television. And... Uh, but the TV Mater D, where he's like this, table for you, please, follow me. Did they get caught up in the tsunami at all? Uh, Rhode Island, actually not an island. It's a misleading name, but no, they were fine. Is it a road? No. That's the weirdest thing. They have thing. roads. It's not know. a road or an island. What name is that? And yet it's Rhode Island. Oh, wait, they got to change that then. They're just that, lying to everyone. That would be like saying, oh, this is my friend, uh... Pepper Hicks, he's a jello. He's a jello monkey. Oh, he is. He's a monkey. No. Oh, he's made out of jello. No. But that's why he's a jello monkey. Get that down. I want to call our new band Jello Monkeys, and I want us to be at South by Southwest immediately. We'll play some secret shows. You are. By the way, everybody down there is doing secret shows, even if they got a fucking banner. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't fucking make any sense. They're all secret. You've got a lot of parties lined up, right? Oh yeah, uh, it's just uh, going to be nuts down there. You're going to be there Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Are you going to call me? Are I you going to do call. call-ins like call. drunken high call-ins? I don't know if you only hear me. I'll be in the middle of a fucking crazy crowd of fucking maniacs. I like that kind of shit. Though. Okay. Uh, now, you're getting down there Thursday. Uh, everybody, I guess, is getting down there Thursday for some reason. It's peak. I know Carter's getting there. Yeah, that's that's like when the music fucking pops. That's when that, the music part festival begins. Just John has been there, and he's leaving tomorrow. And he's what? I don't know. He's part of some kind of... I don't understand everything that Just John does, 
but it's some kind of contest where you go around and find things. Remember that shit they made you do when you were a little kid? Yeah, like a, a scavenger hunt, I guess. I don't right? know what they're called. I never was fucking part of one. <laughs> what do you do? You hunt down scavengers? I guess. So anyway, he's doing something like that. He needed a name for his group. I don't understand what he does. It's social networking. Oh, and I go, um, well, why are you doing that? And, and I, he's always involved in social networking stuff. And Just John said to me, a million dollars isn't cool. A billion dollars, no, that's cool. And I go, fuck you, a million dollars is still cool. No one is ever going to say, oh, I got a million dollars, and a friend's going to say, that's not even cool. Loser. That's still fucking cool. <laughs> I got news for you. Finny, Finny G's, if someone dumps that out on the table. That's nice. You're still like, what the fuck? This is cool. This is a fucking really cool thing going on. Uh, so Bob Geldof is going to be there. I'm going to try to get you in to his party. Okay. And I'd love to have you playing bass for him. <laughs> I, I'll give it a shot. Now, your chick is a bass player, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, she, she plays bass. She, she, can a, play, she can play a little bass. Yeah, hasn't she done some rock band stuff though? Besides her classical training. Uh, yeah, she she, she worked for a label. What, what do you mean she worked for a label? She used to work for a music. All right, but label. don't. Uh, this, I'm not angry, and you shouldn't be either. <laughs> this is two friends talking. Okay. All right. What did she do for the label? Um, and our stuff. And, uh, so uh, she was out, promotions. she had her ear to the ground, she was yeah. looking for new bands. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is an exciting time for her. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to have so a great time. So are you telling me every A&R person can play bass? That's the fucking scene you're bringing <laughs> to me? This South by Southwest, I might be canceling it. You have the power to do that? I get the power to do anything. God damn. Right now in the tsunami situations like this, I have the power to make any move I need to make for national security. Here's Brian and Kanat Akit. Ronnie, I've got a uh, somber Ichiban today. uh, Let me put it this way. Ichiban. Ichiban. It's very somber. Okay. Owsley Stanley uh, died yesterday in a car accident at the age of 76 years old in Australia. Now, I don't know whether you're familiar with the bear, uh, uh, Chris Stanley, but and to me, I'm going to name you now, Owsley Chris Stanley, and honor him. But he was the guy who was basically the chemist for all the acid. Oh, Jesus for Christ. all the great acid of the 1960s, at least everything that came out of San Francisco, which was just about everything. Yeah. He was the cook. He was, yeah. I'd take him further and say he was the chef. So, uh, and he also had this really weird background, like he was like a sound engineer as well, and he had recorded a bunch of, like all the deadheads... Some of their favorite things are these bootlegs called Bear's Choices. Mm-hmm. Have you seen I've, heard, I've heard of them, yeah, yeah. And that's just him. <laughs> and, like, I know that he did, um, you know, engineering work on other stuff. And, of course, he was known very much for the asset. But this is what always frustrates me. You fucking roll a life like that. You, you know, you beat the 60s. You get out. And, long story short, you still die in a fucking car accident like any close. other fucking schmo. I didn't deserve to go out like that. No one deserved the the car accident thing. I really despise. I don't know why. It almost lacks more dignity than anything else for me. It's it's fucking. It's the shittiest. It's a, one of the shittier ways to fucking go out. Not that there's a lot of good ways. I, I mean, until they have death by pussy, you're really not going to have any kind of way of like, yeah, I'd like to try that. Oh, murder suicides. That could always work out. I don't like it. <laughs> Why? Come on, it's almost romantic. Too fucking messy and I stupid. Guess it could be messy. Um, all right, eight six six runs your fez. 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is time for you to jump on top of this thing. Now, uh, we wanted to do this our own way. Rob Cross says, oh, we need to do it through Sirius now. I go, we don't want to do it through Sirius. He goes, yeah, but we're putting up something better. We're putting up a kick-ass trip to New York. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Beat it, trip to New York. Beat it. And you'll be finding yourself sitting there with, well, ties in with Osley. One of the great deadheads. That's right. Bill Walton signed fucking basketball. Bill Walton, where you and he had an uncomfortable friendship in front of my face. Yeah, that was, that was a little weird, a little strange. He really loved that I hit the post on that fucking Jerry. It wasn't even a Grateful Dead song. It was a Jerry song. He <laughs> loved you so uncomfortably much. Fire on the mountain, Ron. Um, yeah, and he kept bringing that up. Just like your man's doing. It's a fire, Ron. A fire on the mountain. You know, when everything is coming together, you're just like, whoa. Dude, we're just fucking regular people sitting here having a fucking conversation. Ain't no mystical shit going down at all. I know the song is playing, but come on, Bill. Yeah, give it a rest. And then he's pointing at fucking Pepper as if, A, it was Pepper's idea, because I'm going to tell you right now, and I didn't fucking try to steal it back away, but you didn't know shit about that song. What? Fire in the Mountain? You didn't know shit about it. Because I fucking said, what should we play for him? You go like this, trucking. And I go, fuck it. And I got a whole... Truck was big hit. My girl in Philadelphia, Kathleen from the Bronx. And she goes, I got two words for you, Ronnie B. (laughs) Bringing it each and every way. Out of the desert, down from the mountains. It's a fire on the mountain. Stay, pick and roll, and find two for yourself. What? She talks like Bill Walton. She talks like everything's like John Wood once said to me. And then remember where he would do like all that weird shit like Ash. The rule is Ashram. Always (laughs) sincerely. And you're like, just fucking talk to me. Mm -mm, Stop reading off this weird shit. Um, Here's Dan. Dan, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie. I got a uh, Chapocalypse Now Ichiban. Oh, God. This, you know, I can barely watch the television right now. It's so depressing. Yeah, Ronnie, the Navy ships had to stop like 100 miles offshore because they were picking up radiation contamination. It's so horrifying, and it's getting, it's literally getting worse. Yeah. But Ronnie, I got stockpiles of water and fuel, so this is exactly what I've been waiting for. You know, even, like, even if you were ready for it, it still would blow. I mean, it's still would be the worst possible thing. All the nukes are fucking falling on them. It's ridiculous. It's And the Japanese government just lying outright. Science like, yeah, it's definitely going to melt down. Well, I don't know what these people are talking about. The seawater solution wasn't working, obviously. Is that something that's been into you? Is that part of what's got you so uh, uh, nervous, Dave Fez? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid it. It's because uh, the, the, the pictures are frightening. It looks like the whole island is going to go up in one big nuclear blast. Well, I don't know if that could even happen, you know, because I think it'll just be a slow leak. Yeah, it'll be just like, like radiation. they have him, but oh. And that takes decades before people can go back. I mean, this thing is so fucking depressing. Yeah. That you can't stand it. And, like, I'm saying shit like, oh, they can't find a cruise ship. 
They can't find a train. There's a town missing. Yeah, an entire fucking town. Like, uh, I think uh, only the website for the town is left because the entire thing's wiped out. But there's like a website just saying, you know, the daily schedules of shit. Oh, God. It's, it's fucking horrifying. It really incredibly is horrifying. Incredibly is horrifying. Yeah. And it's just, it's just getting worse and worse every day. I don't know what to do about it. I know now there is no such thing as Ultraman. There is no such thing as Astro Boy. I doubt very much there's a Tobar the Eighth Man. I don't think any of those old school anime things were true. Well, new heroes have to rise then. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. Tobar is robot spelled backwards. He must be a robot. He's not an Eighth Man. And why would smoking a cigarette make you any better? Uh, I think it makes me better. If he needed power, he smoked a cigarette. What? It was this crazy old Japanese 1960s commercial, and like if he was running on low on power, he just lit up a smoke and started feeling better. Shit! Why, uh, why, why can't we have fucking cartoons like that today? Well, because we figured out that cigarettes are bad for you. Whatever. You say whatever like it hasn't been proven. What time are we uh, uh, going to be talking with Mr. Buddy, sir? Oh, I'd say around 15 minutes. Mm. He's got a new album out. People forget that he even made albums because he's so well-known as this um, saint. Yeah. Walking saint. Africa. Saving Africa from itself, I like to say. Mm -hmm. Saving Africa and beyond. And then Toto <clears throat> thought they saved uh, Africa. Mm-mm. No. You just made up the fucking song, Toto. That's all. Toto 2? Toto 2. All right, you need to pick up a telephone loan and call us at 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Fez Watley, since you got back in town, I've been talking to you every day. The weekend, you were great. Last week, you were great. What the hell happened this morning? I have no idea because I just woke up with it. I mean, it wasn't even any sort of traumatic event or something that I could pinpoint that went wrong that would throw me off. I just woke up shaking like a leaf. I can feel it uh, underneath my blanket. Oh. No, I mean the shaking. But you were shaking underneath the blanket? Whoa. That's masturbation. Yeah. That's masturbation. Got your nut off. Oh, God, I've never even heard that. Yeah, he got his nut off. Oh, no, God, I didn't. What, what does that even mean? His nut came off? No, no, he came. Well, just oh, God, I never even heard this flood before. Flooded his dick hole. Oh, he flooded his... <laughs> you kids have got just the craziest sayings. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Dave, you're on a fez Oh, hey, man. How's it going? What can we do for you? Uh, not much here. Hold up, hold up. I just got to get away from the radios. Uh, no, what if, if this is possible? I'm not sure. But what if, you know how they had atomic bombs in Japan? Okay, right, whatever. Just drop one of them. What if this wave was caused by the U.S. government, you know, planting atomic energy Dave? underneath the soil bed? Okay, well, hey, Dave, man. One hold thing. On, we at least rescue the people before you conspiracy fuck sticks start with this kind of stuff. Just give us a time to be human beings, 
All right. Before you make up web pages, no, where there's no, the I'm screeching not. of hell and there's the screeching of Satan. They know the truth. Why though. the wave is coming up? I'll, I'm going to wait for the truth. And why don't we just throw ropes to people? Um, Jim in Illinois, you're on manifest. Hey guys, got an Ichiban? Oh, thank you, and I appreciate it. Ichiban. This is going to suck. Is having a bad day today. After so many good days in a row. We back. <clears throat> what do you got, uh, Jim? Well, uh, the, the Illinois legislature, uh, this is one pepper alike, has got a bill in, in process now that will lift the ban on smoking in bars and adult establishments. It's great for Illinois. Just in Illinois? Yeah, in Illinois, yep. If this happens, I may move there. Now, people are saying, wait a minute, what all do we win for this Ron and Fez March Madness? Well, first of all, let me just tell you this. you got three days to get in for this. Mm-hmm. Three days and three days only. Three days and three days only. Now, uh, there is the Bill Walton signed basketball. Uh, there is a trip to New York that you can... Uh, um, when, and I'm just now finding out that's round trip. Yeah. Not just a one way. They'll send you back too. I've never been a part of that. I won so many one way trips. Uh, and then of course we're throwing in a couple fun prizes and this is a place. This is something that you can't buy. Mm-mm. No. How much money you have. And that is the sign Ron and Fez t-shirts. Invaluable. Invaluable. Now, Roland uh, texted me when I told him about it, and he said, can Mark Zito and the Morning Mashup crew sign it, too? And I go, I don't know why you have to bring that up, Roland. He, every day I see Roland, he tells me he uh, wants to be part of the Morning Mashup. He was in there with him today. Always. Gomez. And I'm just like, Obsessed. Roland, work on the after show with Sam. It's going great. People are loving it. Get another piece, pizza party going. Oh, man, that'd be huge. Um, but beyond that, let's focus on this March Madness. Hicks, have you ever fucked? I know you love to gamble. Oh, I'm a gambler, baby. Who are you picking to win it off? I'm going to go Duke. I think I, because, uh, I don't know all that much about the college basketball, but, uh, I'm going to give me, give me Duke. Let me, when you watch Star Wars. Yes. Did you also root for the Empire? Because to me, that's what, uh... Rooting for Duke is. Hey, Darth Vader was badass. Now, generally, I I I uh, root for little Villanova. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they don't have a chance this year, so I'm going to lean towards a UConn right now. Oh shit! A UConn. I don't know. Um. Here's uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run Face Show. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Yeah. They uh, went ahead and they found a guy floating 10 miles off the coast of Japan on his roof, and uh, rumor has it he had a volleyball. He was calling Wilson. You know, not not time for the the jokes yet, Mike, but uh, I'll take any good news I can find out of Japan. It's kind of sad, actually, since his wife got swept away as they were going back to, like, grab... They like, went back to grab some shit because they thought they had enough time because the fucking tsunami wasn't coming in. Everybody can make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. Everybody can make those kind of mistakes. No one is really ready for a fucking wall of water to come in like that. No one. Nobody is ready for it. Crazy maelstrom. 
Fucking ah. giant whirlpool. What the fuck? All right, this fucking this world that was given to us is coming apart at the seams. Yeah, it, it's, it it's over. Remind you of your baseball at the end of the summer. Remember, your mom and dad said, "I'm going to give you one baseball. Mm-hmm. Take care of it." And it literally like the stitching was coming. Yeah, out. Oh yeah, it was falling apart. That's how the planet Earth is right now. Oh, I don't want to think of the Earth like that. And what I like to say to my mom and dad is, "Can we please have a new planet?" I mean, we worked this one as hard as we could. It's not like we weren't taking care of it. Didn't waste I it. know we played in the way in the rain. All right, I get it. But I fucking hit hard, and the fucking cover's gonna come off. Exactly. I hit hard, and I go fucking yard. I go really fucking deep. That's Sorry, right. I'm not out here bunting the way you fucking grew up. Mm-mm. But I swing from the heels. That's how I treated my planet. And I'd like a new one, please. Uh, a little bit harder than a baseball fine, I think. No, I'd like to get us to Mars. Uh, and I just checked in with somebody, though, a scientist friend of mine. Oh. And he said, uh, well, you know, Neil. Oh, was, did you guys talk like, all the time? Yeah, oh. we were out at brunch the other day. Really? So I asked him, I go, could we move everybody to the planet Mars? And this is what Neil Tyson said to me. He said, uh, Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there ain't no one to raise him if you did. And but and he says mm-hmm. starts to say I miss the Earth and I just I just like yeah I know Neil and I put the fucking phone down on the table and walked away. Came back a half an hour later. He's still talking. What? Damn, that guy can go. At that point, he was into a uh, hunky cat. Uh, Punch on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies, I got an itchy bomb for you. Yeah. Uh, where Kevin Smith uh, showed his movie Red State in Kansas City Saturday, and the Phelps family was in the audience. Well, yes, he did bring them in. I was following his tweets with that. So I guess this movie is somewhat based on Shirley Phelps Roper and the Shirley Phelps Roper clan. And he gave them seats, and they all showed up, and, you know, uh, I think protested and then went inside to watch the movie. <laughs> Because they'd never been in a real movie picture house or whatever. And 15 minutes in, they all got up and walked out. But they did. This is the weird thing about the Phelps family. Because they're the worst people in the world. Yeah. And yet, they all took one of their signs and signed it for him. As a sweet thing. So they're kind of in between sweet and awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, Are we ready to go on this now? Or what's the story? I think... No, no, we're not. What's what's up with him today? You were here earlier. I don't know. I think Fez is just very on. Uh... I'm telling you, since he's been back, I've been spending time with him every night. Yeah. And on both weekends, and he was totally fine. Really, just 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 normal Fez. Normal Fez. I mean, he gets sad moments. Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, oh, that's but none normal. of the crazy stuff. Yeah. Um. So this kind this thing starts Thursday, right? Yeah, Thursday. I think around like eleven a.m. is when the first games go off. So you need to be on this. Yeah, you gotta get your ass into this thing in the next three days. Bang on some brackets. Um. Here's uh, Chris. Chris, you're on Run Fest. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Yeah, you there? Yes. 
Yeah, say how about tsunami? Everybody's calling in making jokes, man. That's pretty fucking sick. Well, I live here in South Dakota in a world where I don't have to worry about any of that shit. But I'll, I'll say one thing I do understand. When the earthquakes hit and they issue, they just automatically issue a tsunami warning. They don't even know if, if it's coming or how fucking big it's going to be. And these people didn't stand a chance. They, yeah, they, they weren't like, chance. oh, we're going to have a little wave. They, had, they didn't know if it was going to be a four-foot wave or a 30-foot wave. Well, you know, it's like my entire life, people have said um, there's going to be a major California earthquake that you won't believe, and there's no getting out of it. You're going to get an 8-9 out there. But you just never know when it's coming. So every time there's an earthquake, people are like, well, you know, that was bad, but it's okay. But we've never had that major horrible thing uh, like they fucking popped over there. Yeah, where they're trying to, uh, well, the fucking California falls off into the fucking ocean. So, and and let's hope it doesn't happen during your lifetime. Let's just hope. Um, let's go. Oh, look who it is. Our good friend, Danny Flips. Hey, Danny. Hey, I got a personal Ichiban. What, Danny, let me hit this because I never get to do this. Personal Ichiban. I just sent it to O2 friends. I just uh, got my first commercial for uh, Reebok. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. You seen those Zig shoes? Yeah. Look like uh, toothpaste on the bottom. Yeah, I just sent you guys a. Yeah. What are they shooting this? Oh, I. It's already up. It's on Comedy Central right now. It's already up? Yep. All right, I'm going to take a look at it. We got time to do this before. Let's do this a little later on in the show today because I'm waiting for Mr. Geldof. Is he outside now? Why aren't we playing the song then? Every morning in the unforgiven Out there 
How I Roll. That's Bob Geldof's uh, song off of How to Compose Popular Songs That Will Sell. Bob Geldof, welcome to the show. How Thanks, are you, man? I'm good. Uh, we were just talking as you came in here about the crazy state of music and yeah. radio and how it's all changed throughout your life. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool to see you back here doing your, your old day job. Absolutely. Being a rock and roll musician, I again. think people have forgotten it's my day job. <laughs> but it is pleased by my record. I'm very broke. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it is a strange thing how the rest of the the things that you got involved in yeah. is what you are most known for. You know? uh, but I, again, like I think uh, it's understandable, and I'm not trying to be Mister Liberal or Hey, you know. Uh, but it's. Um, it's a thing like Live Aid or Live Aid or something, they move way outside your own constituency or the rock and roll constituency and become something bigger and in right. sort of generally in society. So if you're the guy, um, then you become associated with that and that, that uh, tend, people tend to be more interested in that. And again, it's understandable, but um, it's it's only a drag at, at, at times like this, you know, where you bring out a track and you're, or a record and you're trying to get people to focus on that and they want to talk about politics, which I do, I'm interested in it and I know about it. But then when you, you know, you're going to do gigs around and you put up a poster saying, Tonight, Bob yeah. Geldof and people sort of pause and say, "Doing what?" <laughs> <laughs> they kind of think that you're there to give a speech, or well, I can do that, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's more fun doing the other thing. You know. Well, you started out. I mean, uh, loving music as a kid, loving rock and roll. Uh, growing up with it, coming from that great Irish tradition of mm. so many great rock and roll bands. And then, of course, this other stuff gets important. But when you return with a, with a, particularly with a song like that, it's all still right there for you. Isn't it kind of odd that that hasn't left you over the course of a lifetime that you still have that same connection to the music? It, it's not, it's not a connection. It, it, it comes as an urge. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't seek it, you know, it's not that I get frustrated, I mean, I've, I, I know guys who just focus only on their music and they get torn up, you know, because they're dry and they can't do anything and they get into depressions, which makes it worse. I just roll with it and um, the, the function of music changes, uh, certainly in my case, changes mm -hmm. as, as um, you get older. I mean, uh, you talked about this, the Irish tradition and that, yeah, I mean, uh, like everyone of our age, you know, you grow mm -hmm. up surrounded by rock and roll, it becomes everything to you and in my case uh, my personal circumstance kid and so when I heard rock and roll this was like for everyone else uh, the, the the lifeguard here was here was the rope to get out I mean not only were they these young boys and girls uh, talking about change and the necessity of change and the inevitability of change here was the rhetoric of change rock and roll here was the instrument of change which was rock and roll itself and they offered whole other universes and possibilities so that became clearly my thing mm -hmm. and then my band came out of the stuff in 76 you know with the pistols and the clash and the ramones and all that stuff for a real reason i mean you know we we'd done the school thing and we've been told just do this and you'll have a future well not in ireland you didn't you were right. supposed to just leave the country as is happening again today and uh back in the uk uh we started in halloween night 75 six months later some kids start called the sex pistols and the clash in new york there was a bands called the Ramones and Talking Heads and Richard Hell were happening. Um, we didn't know about each other, 
but all were doing the same thing, demanding change, you know, just say, no, like, you know, John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, the bass hit you fuck off, you know, and uh, the Sex Pistols, that clash, I mean, they're not messing around, you know, the rats, yeah. you know, we're serious here, and, you know, the first thing you hear me say is, the world owes me a living, that's the mm-hmm. first line you hear me say, and the last part, the last line is, I don't want to be like you, I don't want to think like you, don't want to look like you, don't want to talk like you, I'm going to be like me, and and so, you know, you use that platform and it's always been like that except as you get older going back to your point about speeches i can talk about anything i want i can make speeches i can talk to politicians i'm not up my own ass here it's just a function of my life i can write for the new york times uh you know the economist whatever if i want to Mm -hmm. i'm I'm sure i can and go on whatever television or radio show and talk about empirical things but when it comes to talking about stuff that is more important to you, um, what goes on in your head, it, as I say, it won't be denied. It'll come out because it needs to come out. And that's that's the function of music for me. And that's how to compose popular songs. And you uh, took a, a break since the last solo record has been what, like eight? Nine? I don't take a break. It's just it's it's that uh, it was eight, nine years, as you say. Yeah. Um, but I've got 35 years of songs, dude. Like, so right. when I play live, I've got endless ones to pick from. And that's another reason for not getting frustrated. I know it'll come, right. but I can't make it come and I can't determine it comes. And when it does come, it comes this great purge. There's this great catharsis of of stuff, just ideas that yesterday just seemed nothing. And then it all comes out and then you're empty. It's just you download. And there's these things that you banged, little lines you've written in a notebook, music riffs that meant nothing yesterday suddenly have got a musicality. And that's what it's like for me. And, uh, you know, it might be like that for other people who are, you know, in their 50s. When you were a kid, you must talk about your world. You must try and uh, shape your own future and, and, and talk about events around it. And then that function eases because you can now talk about it. You know that John Lennon song, Julia? Yeah. Beautiful song on the White Album. John says, when I cannot uh, sing my heart, I can only speak my mind. Well, I get every opportunity to speak my mind. I get rarely an opportunity to sing my heart. So this is me singing my heart. And the interesting thing is it's almost subconscious for you. I mean, it just, it pops up. And then the other thing that ties into what you were talking about is sometimes it almost is happening everywhere at once with that same kind of message. It's almost a mysterious zeitgeist thing that can take down where you think this is the way life is going or you think this is what art is. And then suddenly there's a change, whether it's in you personally or in society as a whole, where suddenly everything can start moving. Yeah, it, uh, I've thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's two things. For me, songs are, at this point in my life, you touched on it, like self-addressed postcards from my psyche. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the only way I understand where I am when I've sort of finished a record and you start asking me questions about it, then I understand what the thing's about, and then I can see myself. That's it. So I use it to frame my own experiences. The second point about this sort of bizarre zeitgeist effect, I don't know how many times I've thought, oh, I'd like to cover this song. In fact, one time I remember exactly I was going to cover a stack song. Mm. And next minute, Elvis Costello has it out. You know, there's no possible way. The exact same song, more or less in the same kind of way I wanted to do it, and next minute it is out. Now, that's a minor version. 
yeah. of what you're talking about. But um, I'm not sure about now whether rock and roll any longer can determine or articulate the zeitgeist. I think that time has passed, unfortunately. This could be an old guy um, thinking about this. I'm not nostalgic or reminiscing, but the centrality of that type of music to our culture at the moment seems to have moved on. And yet, you only need to look backwards at the blues guys and the jazz guys that it is will always be alive in some form, uh, you know. Well, like you it's think important so? to those people, yeah. I mean, the blues guys are primal, mm-hmm. and you know when people forget that when the Stones started, Mick, Keith, and Brian insisted on not listening to them. I mean, you know, my sister took me to see the Stones in '64. I saw the Beatles, the Stones, and Dylan in a cinema in in Dublin in 64 and um you know separately obviously yeah and i remember <clears throat> mick and keith saying you know you should you should be listening to howling wolf mm-hmm. now you're 11 years old right howling <laughs> wolf you know I mean, what, what's that you know is, is, is that a man or is it a, a force of nature it turns out it's both of course but um Muddy waters. I mean, it's like the Sex Pistols is sort of anodyne now. You don't think about it. Muddy waters. You know, that's a you know, when you hear it the first time. Right. Is that a climatic condition or is it a person? <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know, I went down to the local sh- store and asked the Murray brothers had they heard of something called Howling Wolf? Was that a band? And they put on Smokestack Lightning, and it's you know just uh, you're eleven, and and that's right. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the great universal. Yes. Yeah. And um but the point is that there's a fatalism in the blues. Woke mm. up this morning, things are shit. You know, that's basically the blues. Um where the new guys did they invested it with um the optimism of rock and roll, the ability to transform that's rock and roll, a youthful sort of energy, which which sounds very anodyne and not what I want to say. They made it very sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that that function isn't something else these day and age, because you can make everyone now can can uh, cut and paste music right. and you can you you know in your bedroom instead of like you know having the battered guitar or the thing that was handed down or saving up and getting something fairly lame but trying to make music you now can have unbelievably great machines fantastic things you can download um, a recording studio you can download any effect you possibly want to have you can then make your record you can print out an amazing piece of artwork for your cd and you can upload your 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 work onto some uh, endless amounts of sites so everybody's got the means to say anything they want to say but no one's got anything to say and so, where do we get to the filtered excellence that was the function of the medium in the past and the music? That is so interesting, because I've never heard anyone put it that way, that there is something good about the filtered system, that there's something good about the, the first time that Elvis walked out and everybody in the world got to see him and, and experience that together. We're now with everybody uploading their stuff online. It just becomes an endless amount of noise. Stuff. Yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting because kids 17, 18 years old will know tons of music 
and go through it all so much quicker than I did when I was younger. It seemed like when I was a kid, I got an album, I held on to that thing for at least a month of just going through it and all, where these kids can go through, if if they find out about, uh, I don't know, the Stooges, they'll know all their, their music within the course of a couple of days and kind of move on before it. I think it all seeps in. I was to talking the soul. to a guy earlier today. He was talking about the interchangeability of stuff. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I was out in LA, and they were saying the rapidity of change mm-hmm. doesn't allow um, for consistency. Um, but I think it's further than that. If you can get something for free, it, you attach no value to it. Right. And um, and I think all of these things have a function. I also think that most people are shit on the web. You know, right. if you've got nothing to say, shut the fuck up. You know, instead of boring us with this drivel. You know, most of it, as I say, is where's the point of view? Where's the original take on things? I think the sole job of the artist um, is to articulate what society is thinking long before society knows that it's thinking it. Mm. And when you hear it then, you kind of go, that's great, what's that? Now, that's a hit record. If the song is about something, you know, smells like teen spirit. You know, the minute you hear it, for whatever reason, having a clue what the words are, you know, they sound cool, and then you see them, and you kind of think, well, whatever that means, but the sound, uh, the suggestion of that song seems to absolutely sum up where you're at there and then. And that is true of Elvis. It's true of Johnny Rotten. It's true of the Beatles or the Stones or Dylan. It's true of anything that's true. And I don't think people lose that. For example, I got four girls, 28 to 15. So classic ages. Uh, Three of them get it. Like, I don't push my stuff down their face. I carry my albums in my head. They're at home. I've got the records. I've got the CDs, you know. I've got the iPod that I never listen to. Um, But the reference library is in your head. Anyway, you know, the third one has stolen all my albums, but she's stolen all the good ones. Mm -hmm. So I sort of think, well done, you know. But on the wall... I mean, they were Spice Girls, you know, which is cool. They were 10, and girl power is a cool thing. And they had their Spice Girl bedroom, the Union Jack everywhere, you know, stuff. And I was getting a bit sick of this because they were getting a bit on. They weren't, they weren't clued in. So I got a, a tape of Eminem before the first time, before it was released. I'm on Universal. So the, uh, the president of Universal said, let's check this out. And it was just excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, here is excellence of another order, you know, sort of, di- you know, couldn't quite hear what he was saying until a bit later, but I gave it to the kids with all the effing and blinding and stuff like that, and I didn't give a crap at that. Immediately, like, Eminem went up on the wall, because they got it. That was the change. Then the Who went up. Then the Ramones. Then Dylan. Um, and Nirvana then became the thing. And so, without any nudging, they understood what was great. Right. I also noticed that I wasn't there, I have to <laughs> say. You know? well, that would be kind of strange to put your dad up on the wall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like idol worship. I'm, I'm up for that. There's got to be some rebellion at home, though, right? Well, that's another point. What's rock and roll if it isn't against something? Right. And, like, there's such a dreadful complacency. I mean, we are in deep shit. Yeah. We're I mean, in deep see, shit. I, I cannot tell you what shit we're in. Mm. It is fundamental and possibly existential. 
We are in a moment, a cusp of fundamental and historic change we are living through. Very exciting to live through it, if you're objective about it. And the opportunity, if I was young, I'd be looking at this in an inchoate sort of way, not really analysing it, but just saying, hold on, where's my future? So, you know, the rock and roll was an attempt by young people to articulate a future for themselves, which just happened to be a generational thing. And so it goes on. So as power now ebbs from our part of the world to the east, it's exacerbated by uh, an existential economic crisis. I'm telling you, this thing hasn't even begun to play itself out. We are not dealing with the fundamentals of what went wrong. All those fuckers in those banks are back exactly where they were and they've taken our money and paying themselves billions in bonuses of our money having saved it. They provide little social value. So they're back there. This is not being addressed. Too big to fail. They're bigger than they ever were. The same in Europe. Exactly the same. So what has anyone got to say about that? It seems nothing. Not only that, the youth of another part of the world have risen up and demanded their future. This will impact upon us. Mm. Food prices will go higher and higher because we're not growing enough food in the world. That'll impact our our supermarkets. That'll impact our economic recovery. Oil will stay up. That'll impact our wage pack. What future do you want? Somebody start, you know, talking about this. Uh, There are grassroots movements who are objecting to this. They're of the right, they're of the left. But where's the artists who can suggest it. They don't have to write about these. Dylan got so sick of being empirical, of being called a protest singer. He just got yeah. sick of it after a year. And he picked up a guitar, an electric guitar, and was more powerful by suggesting the change. You know, by not writing the death of Emmett Till or saying it's this, it's that, or the other, the times they are a change. Great songs. Yeah. They became greater through suggestion. Where's that? I miss that. And, you know, I'm desperate for it. There's someone out there, somewhere, who doesn't give a crap about being online or Facebook or fucking iTunes or anything. And why do people think that's cool? What's the difference between these big conglomerates and Apple? I don't see it. You queue up to buy a fucking piece of metal. Get a grip. It really is strange that that somehow. Sorry about that. No, you, <laughs> as you turn to the label. No, she's not the label. Yeah. She's she's my hippie friend. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it but it is incredibly cool. Uh, strange that you're right. That that coolness has been put in a whole different place. Where that you can go on TV and win a karaoke contest and have. But Simon that's okay. Cal- no, no, hold on. That's okay. You know, uh, American Idol mm-hmm. or. That the glee clubification of American music is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. That you take these classics and you reduce them to this bilious tripe is, like, unfortunate. However, American Idol is great entertainment. Fantastic television. So, in terms of that, it's great. What it does produce is amazing voices. Really great voices that otherwise would be lost. What they then do is they go on and maybe they'll, you know, get other people's songs and put them out. But it's a brand, it's a branch of pop music. I mean, you know, the Bieberization of of rock and of pop. That's always happened. There was always Donnie, there was Sean or David right. Casty, uh, there's my new haircut, you know, sort of vain attempt to look like Justin, the great <laughs> Justin Bieber. Um, but uh, you said that those should appear 
appeal to the girls that are like 10 and 12. No, whatever, There's a time not to the walk boys through. or whatever. You know, that, that's one thing. And mm-hmm. I don't think that that was always the case. I mean, it was interesting that American Bandstand, you know, had on f- really radical groups, but at the same time, they had lame groups on. I, I think at one time I did. The Lawrence Welk, is that was his name? Yeah. Lawrence Welk. I thought it was a seafood until I showed up <laughs> at the studio, you know. And uh, I danced on his piano. I leapt up at the piano and we got barred. <laughs> we got kicked off. It was his <laughs> white piano. I didn't, I didn't know who he was, you know. And uh, But here was this sort of band band show, like big band show, and they had on the Boomtown Rats, who really weren't about to take prisoners. And uh, I'm not saying they were the golden days, the golden mm-hmm. days are always golden. I'm saying that we absolutely live in a time that will be talked about in 300 years. I'd like to have it articulated to me by someone who just is plugged into that and just spits it back out in preceded form. And you kind of go, that's great. Yeah. And to get back to the Zeitgeist thing, it, maybe that's tomorrow. Maybe that's two weeks from now. Maybe in a couple of weeks, uh, you're going down all these new bands in South by Southwest. Mm. Maybe there's just a bunch of bands ready to break out. I don't think it's right about now. bands anymore. Honestly, What's it, wh- who's going to be the person then? Who's going to? I don't. Th- I think thing? those days are over. When, yeah. you, when, like you know, somebody said, "Will you do a session for some website?" And I said, "No. Why? You know, play acoustic. I don't do acoustic. You know." Uh, if I wanted to do acoustic, I'd have done the album with acoustics. Yeah. Some of them are, but, you know. And uh, and anyway, why am I doing it for free? I'm sick of this free shit. You know, free and you make advertising. Fuck off, you know. And uh, and yet I went trawled through the list that they gave me of bands on it. Thousands from A to Z. I mean, thousands. Never heard of them. What's the point? Here they are, these poor saps, sitting in a studio, what's a plane for free, while they sell advertising. Fuck off. Uh, Bob Geldof, as you can see, mellowing as the years <laughs> have gone by. <laughs> uh, let's take it. Uh, uh, it's how to compose popular songs that will sell. We're going to end this with Blowfish. But okay. thank, thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, and uh, it was great just to have the chance to hear you talk music. It really was. And great to have it, too. Thanks. Right. Take care. Bye.
Virus Show. On the virus. The virus. Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez Show. You shaved your head for V for Vendetta. Um, did you also shave your V for vagina? Um, pass. It's the Ron and Fez show. 866-RON-0-FEZ-866-RON-FEZ-0-FEZ. We've got a call from Tokyo right now from Brett. Brett, how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay, man. I love the show. I just want to let everybody there know that Tokyo is fine. Uh-huh. I'm looking at CNN and some of these places. On and I don't, don't get me started with Fox. They're, they're shit heels. Don't trust Fox at all. Now, you can watch all that stuff out of Tokyo? I can watch CNN. It's a, it's the international version. I don't get all of the shows, but I, mm-hmm. I get the, um, I guess I get Piers Morgan. I haven't been watching that, though. Um, so tell us exactly what, what the feeling is in Tokyo. There's not, a, there's not people just completely blown away, weirded out by this? Well, I mean, the Japanese, you know, they're, they're kind of reserved and they're kind of cool about it. I mean, they're standing in line for stuff. Uh, they're rationing a little bit. They've, they, they've been a little confused with the uh, electrical system here. They, they tried to do some rollout. Um, sorry, man, you know, just, just been a rough couple of days for us, you know. What, what are you but, doing you know, they're, they're in doing, uh, Tokyo? What, what takes you over there? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching English, and I, I work, at, uh, work at a couple of local places mm-hmm. here. I just I live just to the west of Tokyo, um, but they've been doing some blackouts in some of the places around Tokyo and some of the other areas uh, to try to conserve some energy. But I just wanted to let people know when they watch the news, the Tohoku region, which is north of us, is about two hundred miles. I mean, imagine the difference between D.C. and New York. Mm-hmm. You know, up in New York, where that area would be, that's where you're seeing all the the tsunami damage, Sendai, and all that. Down where we are in Tokyo, we had a really bad earthquake. Skyscrapers swaying around like corn stalks. It was freaky. Wow. But, I mean, we got over that. Now it's just a question of, you know, supplies are a little bit low now in stores. People are having to line up. But I just want to get my family. I've been trying to get to my family, you know, and let them know that things are cool with me. And they really need to be finding some charities. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'm not a religious person, so. But if you want to pray, that's fine. Make you feel good, but send money. Please get get some help to these people, because it's it's beyond. You I mean you don't see half the stuff that we're looking at on the on the news here? Because it's freaky, man. Well, I I mean it's it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in in my lifetime, and I'm sure that we're only getting pieces of it. I mean. I'm sure you can't even get to where most of these places are. All right, Brett, best of luck to you, pal. Hey, hey Ron, can I just one, one second before I go? Yeah. I mean, you were really important to me on 9-11, because I'm, I'm from D.C., uh-huh. and I was listening to your show when you were on there, because you, you were in New York when we had the overnight show. I guess it was a, a right. rebroadcast. And I was, in, I was working like three blocks from the White House when 9-11 went down. And, I mean, it wasn't as bad as Manhattan, I know, but... Uh, you, you guys, I called in on that day too, and this is the this is the thing that jolted me the most in the the ten years since that day. So, 
Man, keep keep going, man. I love you guys. I love you too, brother. And take care of all yourself right. over there. And give us a call if you ever just want to talk to some Americans. All right, we'll always be here. All right, man. All right, peace. Hey, this is the true true Ichiban, man. All right, okay. true Ichiban. Uh, there's take Brett care. in Tokyo, uh, and it is absolutely stunning stuff to see. Ridiculous stuff. It takes me back to where Geldof was saying, like things are even worse than we know out there in terms of money. And you start to wonder, where is this money going to go? You know, we've been, uh, you know, where can this one come from? We're still dealing with the Haiti stuff. And there are people who are still sleeping outside. It's just getting to the point sometimes where it's like overwhelming. Uh, Gary, you're on Run Fez. Oh, yeah, Ron. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of uh, pretty arrogant of uh, Geldof when you said, um, so you've taken eight uh, eight years off since your last album, and he goes, dude, I didn't take eight years off. I want to reach through the phone and smack him. No, I, you know, I, I don't need somebody to just be polite. The thing that I love about Geldof, and which made him so famous, is that he is kind of blunt and gruff and and ragged around the edges, all that kind of shit. What was really great for me is I can't think of a time I've ever heard him talk about music. Normally it's about Africa, about this. So when he was coming in here today, I was, you know, the fact that this is the first album that he's done in 10 years, and most people don't know him as a recording artist. Mo- uh, there, and there's no reason for them to. I mean, most people would think he had, you know, a single radio hit. Um, so, in terms of it probably wasn't for the African stuff, uh, he would have been thought of as some kind of one-hit wonder. Yeah. Um, but I love to hear songwriters talking about writing songs, I love the fact that they're not sure where they come. They come from. I thought he was incredibly upfront about that. The strangeness of suddenly just an album uh, appears, and I, I had to actually do uh, an interview a couple of days ago with a, a guy who was asking me about the Ron Bennington interview show, and I said something very close to what Geldof said at one point in terms of. At one point, there's nothing, and then before you know, then there is something right after that. What is that mysterious process inside? So I always uh, get a kick out of that, hearing people talk about their work, and I love the fact. Um. Um. That we're at this point where we don't know that you know rock and roll came along, and it was this kind of important thing. And it seems to have had its time on the planet. And yet at the same time, it's certainly not dead. It will always be around throughout the rest of your life. Um, and like, you know, he was disagreeing with me there. But believe me, I was a kid and I went and saw Muddy Waters. I was a kid and went and saw B.B. King. I saw Chuck Berry. I went and saw everybody that... You know, that the Stones and the Allman Brothers fucking said that they picked up music from. And I went and saw as many as the old country guys. And even, um, you know, going to see Sinatra and people like that. I was always fucking interested in seeing the older guys. Hicks, you would show up. 
to see, well, you're going to South by Southwest, so yep. obviously music isn't dead for you. No, not at all. But I, I did love the point of him saying that they're just playing for advertising, and it's such, that's like a huge fucking crock. I thought it was fucking hysterical, because that's what the internet's built on. Like, Google is built on, we're just going to give advertisers. You can search for shit or whatever. We'll just throw some ads on us. That'll give us phantom revenue. But I thought the other thing that he said was interesting is that when you get something for free, it doesn't mean as much to you. And I cannot explain to you guys how much a fucking album meant to me when I was a little kid. Whether I stole it from my older brother or whether I got, you know, money together and bought one or we would act like this is my fucking album and I'm going to fucking live with it for a while. And I would have that fucking album and live it. And those albums, I'll be able to sing them fucking pillar to post for the rest of my life. Because they were ingrained in my unconsciousness. Even, like, I think maybe the last time I paid for music was maybe in in middle school. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd buy a CD and I would, like, you listen to, like, an album. I would listen to it over and over and over again. So I I had that to a degree. But now that I just get everything for free, basically, just downloading shit left and right. I just, like, you, like literally exactly what you said. I'll listen to it, and that's done. It's like almost like a fucking, say ch- t- some of a checklist well, you know, for it, some stuff. It is weird. That is, that is how I think people do go, yeah, I've heard that band, but they've never really kind of let them in. I was trying to explain yeah. that to them about kids. Because all you guys know fucking all different kinds of music. And by yeah. all of you, I mean, you know, not Zito, but people like yourself, <laughs> people Mayer. that, you know, he likes John Mayer. But that is an interesting thing. I mean, he has that fucking relationship mm-hmm. with John Mayer's uh, music. But, you know, it reminds me, my dad tried to fucking explain Christmas like that to me. Like, my dad would act like, well, I grew up during the Depression. And if we got one thing, we held on to it. And, you know, like, you know, my family, we we had piles of Christmas presents. We went through it like it was nothing. <laughs> and then sat there depressed and stupid, like a quarter to 12 on Christmas morning. There's nothing else, you know. And your your mom would be Come like, on. Uh, "I remember. I didn't even get a doll baby, but I got a dress for my doll baby, and I cherished it." Shut up! I didn't get ninety things. I only got eighty-seven. Stuff's missing. Um, Come on. Here is. Um, let's go over to Mike. Mike, PA, you're on the Hey guys, you know. The thing on albums, how do people clean their reefer now? Because you, you, you can't oh, clean it on. I, oh, right. Mike. Mike, you don't think the first 80 times that joke got said on this show was funny enough? We needed an 81? <laughs> oh, Mike. Oh, Mike, repeating humor. I love it. He remembers things. He does remember things and he brings them back. Like all the callers like to do. Because like a remix almost that could have been, I guess. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe if you lay it down with a backbeat. <laughs> you know what was the funniest thing? We went out and fucking Watley had uh, Geldof sign the Pink Floyd wall thing, yeah. and he fucking was yelling at Watley, great, I get to sign another fucking band's music, not even my own, and I'm cracking up, and then he fucking turns around to me and goes like this, hey, how do I get to see Times Square from here? So I walked him around oh. the fucking <laughs> window and let him look down. He's like, great, great. And I'm like, and there's the ball over there. Where? Where's the ball that they drop? Where? <laughs> and they looked at it for a second. That's great. Good for him. At least he got to see the view. I saw him go right. I never see guests go right. I was, I was wondering, what, was he lost? No, he wants to fucking see Times Square. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah, Bob. It was very, very weird. Oh, he was great. 
March Madness, Madness is going on. And if you go to Two or Two Friends right now, you get signed up to be part of the Ron and Fez group. Prizes on the line if you win our brackets tournament. If you win the Ron and Fez group, signed basketball from Bill Walton, Hall of Famer. Also, if you win overall at uh, SiriusXM, Free trip to New York. Just a few days to get your stuff in. Get signed up now. Go to 202 Friends on Twitter. Bang out those brackets. Do people actually play this? I've never played the bracket pool. Um, Yeah, I've always heard my... Yeah, yeah. People fucking constantly playing this. My prediction is this. This thing won't have the same kind of heat as when we did the soccer thing. I don't... I know. This thing's going to fucking blow up. I mean, it, I feel like the World Cup I, I, is big. I, I, the, the World Cup blew up for us, though. That's we true, had a yeah. ton of people playing. Yeah, it. they were loving it. I don't think this one will be as big. No, no. It's college basketball. Exactly. People fucking love college fucking sports. They can't get enough of it. I think they've had enough. I think they've literally had enough. No, this in this sports drought, fucking that this is the only thing people will be paying attention to. That people want to be even more involved with their what brackets. Is the sports drought. Well, you know, between then the football. I mean, uh, you know, now it's coming back. Fucking college so, football. So, uh, pro basketball and pro yeah, hockey is no. nothing. That's all part of the drought. <laughs> the fact that baseball started. That's all part of the no, drought. Come on, spring training. Mm. I know people are paying attention, but this is the next big event in sports. So people are going to fucking want to be locked in. Uh, Bob, you're my fist. Hey, Ron. In, in referring to those early early blues albums you listened to uh, as being ingrained in your unconscious, you more than likely meant your subconscious. Whatever. What's the difference? And one more thing. Here's to the best friend ever for all the time you're spending with Fez, as you mentioned earlier, nights and weekends. And his time and need. What a good friend you are. Well, we've been doing a couple other things, but Fezzi's got himself in a weird spot that he came back in here today. All right, I am going to... I'm going to set this story up for you, Fez. Okay. You know, Fez's dad was here. And while Fez's dad was here, he got sick and died. Tragic. But here's here's a weird deal. When Fez's dad was here, he made a nice soup for everyone. Then he, what they didn't eat, he froze. So Fez has this frozen soup, vegetable soup, the last carrots that his dad ever diced, you know, everything, that the last thing that his dad ever made. It's a strange thing, right? Yeah. It's weird to have that. Um, And then you think... Well, what to do with that frozen soup? Okay. Does Fez save it forever there? Or does he say, this is too much for me to even look at, and does he throw it out? Does he say to his brothers, let's have a celebration, have some beers, eat dead soup? Or does the family sit around... Honorably eating this last soup, almost in a spiritual, almost Last Supper Catholic type thing. Oh, that's an option. Uh, All those things are options. Fez, I ran into him over the weekend, totally freaked out because Fez, you ate the soup. Now, he didn't just 
eat the soup. You felt bad that you ate it, but you ate it because there was soup in the house and you were hungry. Right, because that was like the just about the only thing in the house. It was there, and then as soon as like I heated it up and started eating it, then I started crying in my soup, and then it was just, it was did back even, and forth. Did you finish it? No, I couldn't even finish it. All right, so... But, I mean, I ate a lot of it, but I didn't finish it. So he felt crazy, and I went like this. I go, you ate the soup? And I go, did you, you know, did it mean... No, it did. He just had it as soup. Yeah. Which I guess is one of the options. Yeah. But then you don't act like, well, I have, I'm hungry and I'm just going to eat it. I mean, there had to be some kind of connection to the soup. <laughs> it felt like, I mean, the way it felt in my head was like I had, I looked down at the bowl that I was eating out of and realized that I had eaten a newborn baby. Uh, you know what? what? I, it, where it's like, what did you do? Channels? You were hungry and you went and ate this soup, and it was. Then it was. But you could have ordered soup. Yeah, could order. You could have ordered whatever you wanted. Why did it? Why wasn't it a thought out thing for you? I think it was just I was having such a bad day thinking about my dad, and then the soup was there, and at first it seemed like a good idea, which was just the hunger talking. How hungry were you? Did you at least have like a hard roll with it and some butter? No. Saltines? I don't like just the soup. Yeah, see, I don't like a uh, vegetable soup without some kind of thing no, on the gotta, side. You gotta dip it in there. Come yeah, on. You gotta dip it in. You need something to sop Ooh. around it. Yeah, it sounds good. But could you have eaten dead man's soup the way Watley did? No, not out of just out of hunger. I would. Yeah. But I would have thought about and all it, right. And it wasn't a cherished thing, like he didn't even. You know, uh, here's Kelly. Kelly, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I just was calling to let Fez know that I have frozen macaroni and cheese in my freezer that my grandmother made for me. I've never eaten it. She passed away, and now it's, like, in my freezer still. And my husband makes fun of me because I can't throw it away. And I just wish that I had eaten it, even if it was just me eating it when I got hungry one day. So, Fez, feel glad that you ate the soup. I, I think that if Fez would have sat down and ate it like this is my la my dad's last soup, he might have felt better about himself. Oh, yeah. I think the fact that he just quick made it was sitting in front of the TV and started eating it. Hungry. Yeah, the thoughts didn't get to me until I was, like, into a second bowl. So you didn't even realize that it was a dead man's soup? No, I realized that, but then I started just, you know, qualifying things in my head. He would have wanted me to eat it. That's why he made it. He made it for me. And then... Then I started thinking about that Sopranos episode where Bobby Bacala had the last lasagna his dead wife made in the freezer. He was freezer. saving it, right? Yeah, and Janice Soprano came in and heated it up, and he had a fit. This is the weird thing. You had the same experience, except for you are your own Janice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you would have just done this and not felt bad about it, that probably would have been cool, too. Like, hey, it's just soup. Yeah. Nothing associated with it, just but, some, you know, food. Here's the weird thing about Fez. He is telling me all the. You said you'd never go back into Dylan's, right? Right, candy the shop. candy store. I can't, I can't go back in there. It was and, my dad's favorite place to go in Manhattan. Um, the little restaurant that he ate before he got sick too. Yeah, it's it's right in the same neighborhood, and it's the place where I go to watch Notre Dame games. 
Yeah. And, and, and then he said he wouldn't go. And then he also said the next time he has a heart attack, Fez, he's not going back to the same hospital. You're going to go back to the first hospital. Yeah. Even though this one is a better heart hospital. It's a much better hospital, but I, I just, I can't go to the hospital that my dad died in. Um, Anthony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Fez, don't you have a D'Agostino's right across the street from your building? I mean, Roosevelt Island's not that big. Just walk down to the store. They probably have made food. Well, it's not, he's got a Gracidi, it's not a D'Agostino's. If if he had a fucking D'Agostino's, I'd live on Roosevelt Island. (laughs) Um, let's go over, Tim, Tim, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, Fez, question for you. Yes. You wear your dad's clothes too, you sicko? Well, he doesn't do that, but you said you sleep with his shirt. I have one of his shirts that I've stretched over the pillow, like a pillowcase. So I, I sleep near, yeah, I sleep on one of his shirts every night. Uh, let's go over here to Matt. Matt, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, yeah, I, I think the original intent was that your dad knew you were going to get fed. And I I don't think you need to read too much into it. You, you did what he originally intended. You got fed. You got full. Um, yeah, that is one way to look at it. Your dad didn't sign this up as, this is my lasting soup. This is the soup that I will be remembered for. He just thought of it as regular soup. That's the way you ate it, but then you beat yourself up. There was a, You were in a no-win situation here. Absolutely, yeah. It wasn't until I was th- you know through with the soup that I'm like... You know, his hands cut up all these vegetables, and I am never going to ever have this again. And then I started thinking of all the things he makes that I'll just never have again. Like what? Um, The fudge he makes at Christmas. Any of his cakes, his spaghetti sauce, just any... uh, His chicken pot pie that he makes. So I'm just not going to have any of that. No wonder the way you fucking drive yourself through it. You're eating it like, like they're fucking M&M's. Pizza it like down. it's a bag of M&M's. Christ. Slow down. Uh, Jake. Jake, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, guys. Love the show. Yeah. Fezzy, did you at least give your, your dad the decency of prayer before eating the soup? No, I didn't pray before I ate the soup. Oh, See, that's the thing that maybe if you would have turned it into, you know, some kind of ceremony, it would have been nice. Some candles. Quite frankly, I think you needed a hard roll there. Yeah, it's just soup by itself. That's not a meal. Uh, that's nice. not a meal. That fucking came out on the Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Josh, you're on a Fez. Yeah, Fez, you're going to get rid of that air mattress? Two, or are you going to just leave that sitting in your apartment for next time? No, that'll probably go too. All right, get to bed. They just kind of said to think that your father's last time was going from an air mattress to a hospital bed. Oh. I just finally put the clothes that were left there from when he was here away in a drawer and then kept going back to the drawer to look at them. Did you used to do that when he was alive? Were you always looking at his? No, I never I never went through his drawers when he was alive. Oh. Oh, God. Uh, Bill, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez, will you ever use your dad's recipe and make his bean dip ever again? That I think I can do. I think that, you know, 
right now, everyone was, when I was home, everyone was kind of dividing up his recipes and trying to get the bean dip thing from me. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll send it to you. Because I want to kind of hold on to the bean dip one. I was the only one that ever had that from him. Why did he give it to you? Um, because I was, I wanted to make something for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something different. And I asked him what I, I called him up and asked him what he thought I could make. And he was willing to give me the recipe. So you don't want to give, who asked for it? Uh, my sister and one of my brothers. And you're like, no. I'm his bean dip son. That's right. I'm the, I dies with me. I'm bean dip baby. Oh, by the way, you would love this fucking Geldof during the song, which I don't know why we can't figure out. I try not that was my fault. to let the people come in too early because they start talking to me and I don't get it on the air. But he's going like this. What the fuck is a beanie cup? And I explained it to him. He goes, you fuck what? You hand him this cup like it's a big deal. I'm fucking cracking up. I'm going, you don't know who the redheaded bastard is that I've taught it with. It. It's fucking funnier than you think, Bob. Jesus. It's not some fucking weird thing for you to put down while you're trying to save Africa. Yeah, really, you mick. Uh, ben, you're on Hey, boys. Uh, hey, Fez. If you would have lit candles and prayed before you ate that soup, you'd have been too upset to eat it anyways, man. So at least you got to enjoy it, which is what your dad wanted anyways. So uh, give yourself a favor by not thinking about it. Um, here's uh, Turtle. You're on Fez. Hey, buddy. Yeah. It sounds like that damn Giving Tree book. It just keeps uh, giving over and over. This Give is the weird thing, have. though. The Giving Tree is like everyone has to be in Fez's life. To be in his life, if you looked at Fez's life, he's sitting around a fucking ton of stumps right now. Because he turns everybody into the Giving Tree that he meets. I fucking spent all weekend with him. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday... Oh, all right, we're going to do it, buddy. And then today, his phone's off. He's not fucking prepared. I come in here, can't do the show. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm going, I know he's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean that he's fine about his dad's stuff, and that's all going to hurt for a while. But I know he knows how to do a show. Um, here's uh, Charlie. You're on my fest. Ronnie, uh, hello, buddy, sir. Um, they split up the recipes, and there's no photocopier. There's no, hey, we're a family. We're all going to share. I mean, I I've heard of, you know, boats being sold because of inheritance. I've heard of houses, estates. You know, couldn't we share a little bit of the recipe? It's a very weird thing. I noticed this. The No, that was me not sharing. Yes, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, the moment that all this stuff started to happen, right? It's always been Fez and his sister against the rest of the family, and Fez's sister's always been his wingman. And then the moment all this starts to happen, they all turn on his sister. What? And Fez starts saying, my sister wants to speak at the at the funeral, oh? and my sister's mad because she's not here. My sister is mad because she can't put the ashes out. And I'm like, why don't you let her? Well, you know, it's her dad, too. Yeah. Give her the fucking bean dip. Come on. And, well, first of all, let's do this. He, uh, you know, Fez's dad wasn't Emerald Lagasse. He, this is not a fucking thing that he made up for his own special bead. He fucking clipped it out of a, 
a magazine 20 years ago or whatever, and that's it. I became his bean dip. But it's not like he's a chemist. He's back there fucking coming up with new textures and foods. The food lab. <laughs> um, my people are writing in, Fez, why don't you save your pee? And that way you'll always have the soup. Oh. Um, half astronaut, you're on run, Fez. We're on both sides of him. Those dead man soup parts are going to start coming, and they're going to be wasted if he doesn't. I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Um, it, I wish you wouldn't call it dead man soup, Fez. I don't call it that. Here's the radio shark who now has to call in under his real name. Hey, Fez, what's going to happen to that garden hose of your father's is by the driveway? Are you going to claim that? Oh, that's the one that he washed Fez's ass all out with, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, the reason why he washed, he washed, he actually pulled your pants down and washed your ass in the driveway because Fez had shit himself and there was no possible way to uncrunch some yeah. of it. I guess he had let it bake in the Florida sun. Oh, it was Jesus. because we went to the beach and I had sand down my pants. Hard and shit. Mm. Uh, James, you're running Fez. Hey, Fez, uh, I know you seem upset because you didn't put a lot of thought into that soup thing, but I agree with the, the callers that uh, he made it for you, and that's was the intent. And now that you, you've eaten it rather than let it sit in the freezer, so all those nutrients and stuff, that's all in your body, and that's going to be... It's going to be part of your body for you know a long time, if not forever. So. Well, what about all the stuff that is that cooked for him before? No, we all get it, and I do think that you should have ate the soup, Fess. Mm-hmm. But I think you probably should have done it with your family. I think it probably should have been either a celebration yeah. or an honorable thing. I don't think starving a fucking four days later after thawed out the soup and ate it in front of the TV set while you're watching. What were you watching? Um, I think I was watching Bill Maher or something. Good, honest answer. Nothing better than that in life. Uh, Brazilian Julie is stopping in today. You got Brazilian her logged in, in downstairs. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want anybody bothering her. When she gets here, I want her brought directly in. Okay. Directly. Because how long has it been since I saw her? Oh, my God. At least a year. Seven years. My God. Seven years. In Tibet? Um, you know something? I know you're all excited because South by Southwest. By the way, would you like to hang with Geldof? I talked to him about it. Oh, I would love to hang with fucking Sir Bob Geldof. Do you think it happened? He's not an actual knight, though. It's okay. Uh, Tony, you're on run of Fez. Hey, Fez, what did you do with your dad's dirty clothes? Like the stuff he wore before he went in the hospital. Has it been longer or are you just keeping it around? What are you doing? That stuff got uh, got washed because we thought he would need it again when he got out of the hospital. So, oh, jeez. So, yeah, so everything's clean. Now it's just put in a drawer. That's sad, though. You shouldn't have cleaned it. Yeah, I, had, I assumed he was not going to die in the hospital when he went in there. Like well, you're never going to end up with a nickname house, are you? Um... Let's go over here to uh, Curtis Sherman Fest. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, uh, a soup could be a meal. Uh, a lot of times I've had a big bowl of soup with meat and vegetables and bread, and it manages to fill me up. Well, it you know, quite frankly, I do think you need to have the bread before it becomes a meal, or else it's a snack. Yeah. But this was a big part of the Seinfeld show, and I think we did all agree that soup is a meal. 
And there's no two ways around it. How much soup was there that was made? I mean, it filled... If No, it wasn't that much, but it filled like a really good-sized pot. Instead of a good-sized pot, give us a, a measurement that we could all understand that's a universal measurement. Was it a half gallon? I would say there was probably like five bowls, five, six bowls worth. Mm. So you will not give us the measurement. That's not a measurement? No, a bowl? <laughs> a bowl? <laughs> what do you buy by bowls? We measure fucking things. You could even go liters. But yeah. we have actual bowls are all different sizes. Was it like a pint of, of soup? <laughs> I guess a half a gallon. So you could have everybody could have had a small bowl of soup with this. Yes. Why? Yes. No. Did you think of your rest of your family, or or do you have them on the fucking bean dip thing? And why are you being so mean to your sister? Well, it's just one of those things where it's when. I know she's in the same situation I am, mm-hmm. but it's like, Yay! okay, already. Yay! Oh, oh, how long has it been? It's been forever. Hi, Brazilian Julie. I brought you the I don't know if you're still eating that. That's, yes. He, that's for your dad. Eat all those Oreos for your dad today. Thank you so much. Why are you bringing presents? You don't need to do that. Oh, my oh, Lord. That's too Beautiful. much. Thank you so much. You know what? You can have those at South by Southwest. <laughs> what up, everybody? Have a seat. You are the hot chick. A hot chick doesn't have to bring things in. Of course I do. Of by the way, you look fantastic. It's been forever since we saw you. Yeah, I know. Now, you look great. Okay. And yet, if I go by your Twitter, you're in the... Worst mood sometimes. Yeah, I am. I am. I think it's everybody's in that kind of mood. There is some truth to that. These are hard times. Yeah. I think in some ways, like, I just kind of say what I'm feeling right then and there. Even if it's the most horrible thing, I just say it because I'd rather just say it. Oh, because of the Twitter? It's just like you're not sitting around going, I'm trying to put my best foot forward. All right, so here's what I want you to do for the next little while. Nothing but Twitter thoughts. When you get a bad thought or anything... (laughs) Just Twitter it out there. Okay. All right. I will. Um, <laughs> no, Fez, why did you turn on your sister? No, what I was saying, it was just really annoying moments where it was just, I was in a bad place, in a bad mood, and I know she was the same way. So there were certain things that it just... But you were, oh, like, suddenly you're on your brother. They're like Highlander. Like, it was... It Who like the dogs out? Oh, if I like Fez, then I have to hate or if I'm getting along with Joey, then I have to hate Fez. They all can't be together. Come on, family teamwork. You got brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, I do. What do you? Do. What? Where are you in the in the mix? Well, I'm the youngest, mm. and I have an older brother, and he's great. I mean, we get along fine. How much older is he than you? About three years. Okay. Yeah. Was he the? Was he always watching over you and your boyfriends? Was he one of those kind of brothers? Not really. He kind of let me do my own thing. I think like. I think he reminds me a lot of Hicks, actually. <laughs> By the way, and you need to tell me this. So many of the girls are crazy about Hicks. Yeah. Why? And it's, there's something about him that they just love. Yeah. What is it? He's totally aloof. He is aloof. And it's great. To mean? It's great. Hey, it's fantastic. It's excuse so me. Great. Bad boy, give it a rest. <laughs> give your fucking fake character, fake character. a rest. <laughs> huh? Why are you so cold and aloof? Why can't you warm up? What's the warming up? I, I keep everything inside. See, he keeps it real. 
don't know about that. He keeps it mad real. <laughs> he, I if if by keeping it real you mean keeping it drunk, that's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> A little hungover today, actually. Is that your way of trying to appear cool in front of no, the no, nice I'm, girl? No, I'm very young over. <laughs> um, let's go over here to... Uh, um, here is uh, Blake. Blake, you're on my Fez. Hey, Fez. Don't be so hard on yourself for eating the soup, buddy. If there was supposed to be any true significance to that soup, you would have choked on it and seen your dad again. Part of your wish is you could have died, right? You said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just have gone with him. Now, this is the interesting thing about Fess. Is remember, just before his dad died, he was an atheist and has been an atheist for a couple of years. Now he believes in an afterlife. It's, it's, it's actually amazing. I'm, I, I don't understand. How much soup was left over? Did you eat it all? or did He you... ate five bowls the way he made it sound. <laughs> I mean, did you did you have did you did you leave some over? There were yeah, there was some left over. Yes, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. I mean, I think it's great. He made it for you. That's beautiful. He made it for everyone and fez yeah. ate it all. <laughs> now, now I got back to the God thing. You're Brazilian gods. I guess they're part cockatoo. I don't know what they are. Dragon monsters. Oh, is that it, Mister Aloof, Mister Coolness? I'm just trying. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Don't know much about Brazil. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Brando. What are you doing? You just you and your motorcycle gang rode into town for a couple days, starting trouble. Hey, do me a favor, Two Hicks. Yes. Wear one shirt that doesn't have a gun on it. Oh no, this looks cool. What are you talking about? <laughs> but everyone has but, to have a gun on hey, it. Hey, Geldof wasn't thrown off by it, right, Marl Thomas? <laughs> um, Geldof was digging you too. Oh, Geldof's the man. Is he? Party with him. Yeah. That was a hard act to follow. No, you're you're all right. You're already making Geldof look like he was in the Boom Down Rats. <laughs> now, um, are you dating anybody, Julie? I kind of yeah. Who's this person now? Just a guy, you know. A guy your age? <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he's not a guy any of us would know. God. No, no, no. You're staying out of that area. Yeah. All right. Without me saying, write down anyone that you dated in. As they say, the community. Oh, I haven't. Never did. No. I'm very proud of you for that. No, 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 I never have. No. I, I actually, they're, they're very nice people. I love the community, but. I you would never have them. sex with any of them. <laughs> Good. I didn't say that. <laughs> I just haven't met anybody. Now, Hicks, you're the same way. Oh, yeah. I, I, you're aloof. I'm with my girlfriend. Of, I, I, knew, I was with her before I even came on the show. Easy, Fonzie. You don't have to be aloof with me. This it's is a place. The being open. Seriously, this is a place that we can all. First of all, have you noticed, Julie? Everyone's sitting down, except for Miles Davis. Yeah, he's got to stand up when he's right. playing his horn. There you go. What are you going to do? My funny Valentine for us? Is that it? I don't have my instrument here. Do you listen to Miles Davis at all? Oh yeah, kind of, kind of blue. Yeah. Oh, I'll say you go for the hit. Yeah, that's right. Nice. <laughs> you don't listen to bitches, bro. Listen to Bitches. I listen to Bitches Brew. And uh, what was uh, the New York album? I think it was called New York, right? I forget. <laughs> I'm going to look it up on the Google. So he listens to jazz, too. I know, he's so cool. But I don't get that he's cool. I get that he's antisocial. Oh, yeah. But here's, here's what I think happens, Julie. 
And this goes to show you what's wrong with women. You see somebody who acts like him, and you think that you can make him a better person. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's it. That's, <laughs> but you can't. No. no. I'm done. No, he's going to stay this way. Why don't you do this, Hicks? And no one's ever going to find out. Mm-hmm. You have a secret date with Julie. No. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Behind your girlfriend's happen. back. Oh, she'll never have to know. Yeah, okay, sure. No, that will never happen. <laughs> you never cheated on any girlfriend before? Uh, Yeah, I've cheated on girlfriends before, yeah. Did it make you feel bad? Eh, not really at the time, no. But this like, one would. I Fucking no, I, that ain't gonna happen. Would mm. you tell her immediately? It's what if not we, gonna happen, so there'd be nothing to fucking tell. What if we got you real drunk and... <laughs> <laughs> if it got me real drunk, I'd probably just pass out. Right, but then we'll get Julie to lay next to you and just oh, like God. be kissing you on the neck, and I'll take pictures. And then, baby, I'm set up, <laughs> honey. You don't understand. It's a setup. Stop playing classical piano while I'm talking to you. Stop talking about the A and R business. I need you to pay attention to me. I love you. So you you kind of have feelings for your girlfriend, Hicks. I'd say more so than just kind of. I'd say I'm very much in love with her. Ron. Really? Yes. Do you say Do you say that to her? Yes, I say, baby, I'm very much in love with you. Wow. <laughs> what did she say? Normal. Why? Yeah. Why are you so? Why are you saying that so robotically? Did she ever say this? Why isn't our life better? <laughs> I think we both said that. <laughs> oh. Well, Geldof tells me that things are going to get worse before they ever get better. Mm-hmm. He makes it seem like Obama just fucking stabbed us all in the back, too. I think he kind of did. He did. I think yeah. he did. He's a fucking Republican. Yeah. And he's about as black as Earl is. <laughs> uh, Hicks, is, you're going to be at South by Southwest. The, yep. I call this, by the way, the, the White Rock Coalition. And it is a chance for white musicians to get together and play rock and roll. Finally. Yeah. Finally get their voice out there. Julie, Geldof says rock and roll is dead. Your generation is the one that smothered it. Yeah. Because you all love the hip-hop so much. Yeah. I. It's really weird because there's like a... There's like a division in our generation and that one side is that hip hop side and the other one side is just like waiting for the real rock to come back, but we're not creating it because we don't have any idea. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I don't even think you're creating the real hip hop. No, I either. think hip hop is already dead. It's done. It's over. Yeah, it's really bad. It's, it's over. Like last, maybe since the Where did 90s. it peak for you? Um, probably after Biggie died, it was all downhill. Probably the early 90s along with grunge or whatever. I thought so, too. 96. I thought, like, that whole crazy gangster rap thing when it first came out. Yeah, and then it went to Wu-Tang after that. And then, I guess gangster rap kind of petered out after fucking Tupac and Biggie died fucking... Yeah. From actual gangster yeah. shit. <laughs> from, from real gangster shit. <laughs> why, why don't I put you out on the road as white Biggie? I'll, I think I'll we can make it. a lot of money. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage for you now from out of Queens, Astoria, Queens, it's White Biggie. Big up, Queens. What up? See, I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. What up? I got a backing track, whatever. Where the bitches? Where the hoes? Where the bitches? Getting high. What up? What is it about you liking to yell out when you're getting high instead of just doing it? Uh, fucking whatever. I got to let people know I'm getting high. Uh, Fez, why don't you do your plug again? March Madness. It starts this Thursday. Go to 202 Friends. Make sure you're signed up to play the Brackets and the Ron and Fez group there. 
and you got a chance to win, if you win the Ron and Fez group, sign basketball from Mr. Bill Walton. Also, if you win the overall Sirius XM hoops competition, you win a trip to New York City. That's all at 202 Friends. Go there. Get signed up just a few days before the tournament starts. So make sure that you get signed up now to be part of this at 202 Friends. Well, I uh, am sitting here with Brazilian Julie, who we haven't seen in seven years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you were uh, just telling me that everything that you like about Hicks, you dislike about Zito. <laughs> what? Why is it that Hicks has the thing that the girls like and, and Zito doesn't? Well, I didn't get to talk to Zito. I, didn't, I don't really... You know, I talked to Chris, but I just didn't feel like talking to Zito much. We were just laughing back there, but... I didn't say much to him. He doesn't seem like a very, I don't know, as cool and aloof as as Chris Stanley. That's for sure. Very aloof. That's that's because he's a narc. (laughs) And it's very, very hard. Tell him about all the bad shit you're doing. I knew it. You know what he is? It's like, he's not even like a cop, but like a cadet. Like a guy who's trying (laughs) to be a cop. It's like the worst kind of thing ever. (laughs) Like a bad rookie. By the way, I was watching... um, uh, shameless, and when that cop pulled over somebody just to talk to them, I always hate local <laughs> cops for doing that shit. Uh, I just wanted to say, how you doing? Get the fuck out of here. Don't turn your lights on like that. I don't like fucking cops knowing who I am. You don't go for that at all? Fuck no. You don't take any of those cards that the fucking cops try to hand us? I don't, f- I don't feel like they would actually help. See, I was, if I get busted for something, I'm probably not going to fucking help me out. We were all buddies with Chris the cop, and he was like a regular guy. And he's out in Vegas now, by the way. Oh, shit, just busting heads? No, it's like, <laughs> I guess he's retired as a cop, oh. and then you go out there and work. You know, there's a lot of security money in Vegas. They're just fucking watching people gamble, making them feel bad about themselves for winning. <laughs> I hate when you're fucking winning in Vegas. Someone comes standing next to you like you're a cheater. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? I would never know that feeling. <laughs> Uh, seriously, never win. You never do. Break even. I was out in Vegas one time, and I was sitting at a fucking table with these guys, and they're fucking just, they're from Detroit. They're fucking crushing, right? Just winning huge money. And they got this young fucking broad. She's fucking around, having fun. Everything's great. We're fucking, you know, all going to the bathroom at the same time, coming back. Hey, hey, can you believe we've been here for 11 hours? You know? So the fucking, the guys show up. The fucking, they start standing around them. They ask the girl how old she is. Oh, no. None of us know it. The girl's a fucking minor. And I think only under 21. I don't think she was under 18. All right, that's good. But she was drinking with us the whole fucking nine yards. They took the guy's money. What? They said all these fucking bets are off the table. That's bullshit. And they scoop it up. But she wasn't gambling. No, she wasn't gambling. She was, but she was sitting at the table, you know, fucking holding on to his arm, fucking telling him he was great. That's that's. Think she was hired by the casino. No, I don't know what the it's fucking crazy story. Drunk sky. I have a feeling that they picked her up at the airport back in Detroit. There were some weird fucking dudes. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a strange fucking getaway. I had my own fucking problems, so I got out of there quick. Right. I go, I don't know who these fucking people are. I'm fucking putting chips in my pockets, getting out of here. I need my rest. They just fucking out of nowhere. You don't understand. I need my rest immediately. Been here for a while. <laughs> I'm a major broadcaster in the mornings, and I need plenty of rest. Um, 
So Hicks would be the one that you would go for if he wasn't so. Because you've never been with anybody out of the community. No. I'm very proud of that. Face. No. Very proud. I haven't hung out in a really long time, too. You know, I'm know. pretty busy. So. You know what um, she, you're like? It's almost like she's like one of those promised daughters that she has kept it all so precious. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> she's kept it so precious because it's a precious gift. That's when we gave her that ring. <laughs> that was also on Shameless last No one watches Shameless but me, huh? No. It's awful. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. I love the kids, though. I can't I didn't help keep it. up. I didn't keep up. I'll, I'll fucking I'll catch up. I haven't started. I really do. I need something. All right. I need some friends. Just uh, some TV friends. I tried to get onto the event, but then I didn't oh, get it. It's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> get it's it. just so goddamn awful. Kill the event. It's on tonight, and I'll be watching it again. <laughs> I'm going to ride that fucking thing down. <laughs> oh, jump off. Fuck it. What is this the the thing? Is that the nuke thing? Looks like, yeah, the nuclear reactor. But it's, I guess maybe that's what they're using to try to It's cool going it to melt straight down and fucking come out the other side. It's yeah. going to go burning through Greenland. We're going to have a hole in our planet. Oh, no. Yeah, nuke rods melting in three reactors. That's not good. Oh, how many times did Jackson Brown try to tell you fuckers no nukes? Jesus Christ. Jackson Brown begged all you pricks. Yeah, no <laughs> he begged you. That sweet, beautiful man did nothing but try to sing you lovely songs and, and make you greener. But you're like, fuck it, it's good. Like nuclear power, it's Nothing cheap. could ever go wrong. Fuck Chernobyl. A fluke. <laughs> Is that what they said? That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. You're hardcore that way. <laughs> By trusting nuclear power. But I don't care. I hang out with Bob Geldof. That's I don't awesome. care about anybody else. You shouldn't. <laughs> I what? You shouldn't hang care about anybody I, else. I, I heard shunned. No. <laughs> I'm like, he's that fucker's inventing new words. The aloof bastard to the end. He's shortening them, that's for sure. Why don't you and your, as you put it, your lady... Mm-hmm. Right, my lady, my lovely. Why don't you once take a uh, like a sweet lover home for both of you? <laughs> Why can't that ever that, work? I don't out? think that's gonna happen. Why not? I just don't think that's gonna happen. Actually, I know it's not gonna happen. I bet she'd be open to it. I don't know. Has she ever been with a chick before? I don't know. I don't think so. You don't even ask her a goddamn thing. I bet you don't even know her <laughs> middle name. You'll be able to like say, Lynn, really? Where'd that come from? When the hell? When the hell did that happened? You were born with that? What'd you eat for breakfast today? The staple of the McDonald's sampler of eggs, pancakes, biscuit, hash brown, sausage patty. You like a biscuit more than toast? No, but I really like a biscuit. I like it every once in a while biscuit, but not an everyday biscuit. No, toast is a preferred. Just some nice buttered toast. Oh, how do you put the butter on? Like I didn't that. know until like you start to pat them on. I never knew how the butter got on there. See, you take a piece of bread and you take a fucking butter oh, now knife. Now I got it. All, All right, right, I'm with you. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> let's go over to uh, Lou. Lou in St. Pete. Hey, Maha. Uh, yeah, uh, I called up with... The only picture I've ever seen of this Brazilian jewelry is an opaque picture on on um, uh, Facebook. I mean, on Twitter. And uh, I, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I picture this beautiful girl, but uh, and I, I don't know if I, I want to see a different picture because uh, I can I can only imagine her as that. Well, first you know of all, I mean? let me just say this: she is a 
stunning girl, and yet she's not a teen model who's trying to get her pictures out there. She's a regular person. She's not trying. Yes, she's not trying to build up a portfolio of pictures. You're just another member of the community that she will not sleep with under any circumstances. I actually don't think I'm that great. I, I You're stunning. I have that photo because I don't like the way I look in color, so I just made it in blue, so it looks all weird. See, that's the other thing that's very attractive about you, is that you've got that sick... Tw- twisted, low self-esteem. Yeah, I do. Of, you know, pure crazy pussy. And we all like that, because what you really want in life, X... Yes. Is a girl who doesn't know that she's beautiful, and then you don't let on <laughs> that she's beautiful. Okay. You're just like, geez, can you believe somebody like me would be with you? <laughs> and how often do you say that? Like a couple times a day? Or? Oh, you got to get it into the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you. You reading it off again, Fez? Well, March Madness happens mm-hmm. this Thursday. Go to so t- you had it up there. Is that it? Go to two oh two friends and get your get registered, get your brackets all put together, and you have your chance to win if you win the Ron and Fez group. Sign basketball, signed by Bill Walton, the legend. And then the overall Sirius XM winner wins a trip to New York City round trip airfare. And that's all by going to two oh two friends. Make sure you get signed up. There's just a couple of days to get uh, registered and signed in. Are you excited about this, Fez? Yeah, this is going to be exciting. I don't, do, I don't know if do I've you done do this that? before. I don't. I know I've never done a yeah. March Madness thing before. I don't think people play it. No, people love this shit. People love brackets. They love gambling, any sort. I fucking made brackets before. I don't know Can shit about college that? fucking basketball. These brackets are rackets, I like to uh. say. <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to play, uh, Julie? Um, I'll try. I don't really know a lot about basketball. Well, you don't really need to know. You just have to be lucky, like with any gambling. Oh, God, you just I'm have so to guess. Yeah. I'm very unlucky. Hicks always says to me, I'm betting the favorite. <laughs> like he does at the track. That thing came always in. works out. One in five. <laughs> How am I paying the money when this fucking ticket <laughs> <laughs> fucking, That's fucking funny. Your fucking sense. horse comes in and you owe him three, three forty. You're like, what the fuck? All right, we are going to break here. Uh, when we get back, I'm setting up high hurdle race between Julie and Fez. His heart can explode. <laughs> now let me just say this: the smiling and happiness that she does is nothing like the. Horrible tweets that I see from her. Well, the end times. I'm here with you. I'm really happy because I get to see Fezzi and you and and Pepper. I'm like that makes me so happy. You just seem like you were Dorothy. (laughs) You were there. You were there. You were there. (laughs) Hey, sing us somewhere of the rainbow. Somewhere (laughs) over the rainbow. You're a good fucking singer. I don't know what's it comes after that. All fucking kidding aside. (laughs) All right, please don't kid. You got a great fucking voice. We should harness this. And that's a gift, and it's something you should do. And that A and R girlfriend of yours has got to know it. Mm -hmm. You should be in a fucking band. I'll start a fucking band. Let's do it. Let me hear you sing Wild Thing. Wild Thing. Da, da, da. You make my heart sing. It's good. Uh, <laughs> you make everything groovy. That's true. <laughs> oh, 
so fucking good, Thanks. man. That's Blowing so it up good. Right now. And I know everybody thinks that their baby can sing, but in this case, I'm 100% right. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those mommies who's, I, I bragging about my baby, but I'm right about it. Uh, by the way, Fez, I told you I've been spending a lot of time with him lately. Yesterday, I had him at the coffee place in my neighborhood, and a new complaint about Fez, and it's moms being overly proud of their children. <laughs> and he did... Uh, he did some time on this, and I was just like, all right, I get where you're coming from. Uh, so Fez will explain his grief about this, and it's kind of interesting. You moms, you overly proud moms, are on Fez Watley's nerves right now. Right back after the jump, Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show. On the virus. Everything is different, but the same. Things are more moderner than before. Bigger and yet smaller. It's computers. San Diego's high school football room! Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. It's around a Fed show. Um, go over to 202 Friends if you want to win a trip to New York City. Or when a basketball signed by Bill Walton. Uh, Hicks, you are going to South by Southwest. That's right. When, when's your plane leave? Wednesday night? Uh, 7 o'clock Wednesday. Hey, JFK. Guess what? Before you get on that plane, okay. you and I are going to a barbershop, and we're going to get you a nice, cleaned-up boy's haircut. Oh, no. no, no <laughs> I do not, not want going. you walking down there uh, looking <laughs> like you just escaped from the reservation. That's No, that's the, that's the look I'm going for. I like, I like the long hair. Then guess what? I'm going to yes. put scrubs on you, uh, give you juicy fruit, and call you Big Chief, because the hair is too long right People now. People are going to love it. I'll get some fucking spray tan, too. You don't need it. Your hair, you're, you're, you're as tan right now as anybody's ever been. Thank you. It's a perfect tan. I've been trying. Glad you noticed. Uh, two or two, friends. That's where to win. Uh, I definitely want to see Danny Flip's new commercial. Don't let me forget about that today. Uh, but before we get into that, Fez Watley... In one of his patented rants, he's going off on mothers. It's these moms that, for some reason, are talking so loud to their children out on the streets. Where do your moms? He's dropping bombs. <laughs> and it's about all the fun stuff they're going to do. We're uh, going to the park. And it's, it's so loud and obnoxious. Because here's what it's about. It's not even about, hey, look at my cute kid. It's about, look at how cute I am with my kid. I'm the adorable, fun parent. I'm having, I'm such a great parent, I want to announce it from the street corners and talk loud to my kid so that everyone sees what a great relationship me and my toddler have. It's just insane. And they go on and on about all the great stuff they're going to do. So let's suppose that Hicks... 
is the is the child and you're the mom. So just give us the example. We're going to the park, aren't we, Hixie? We're yeah. going to the park. I bet I bet I outrun you. I bet when we get to the park and we start to race, I bet I go faster than you. Not gonna happen, lady. No. Not, Don't call me lady, I'm mommy. I now you're now you're losing the whole thing because you're angry with them. But you're saying <laughs> Don't yell at me. That the kid that they want us to hear so that we all go, isn't that a great mom? That's exactly what it is. They mm. want their parroting skills just immediately. <laughs> um now, how would you, as a new mother, talk to your baby Hicks? I would say Hixie, we're going to the park. Uh, we're going to be there in a couple of blocks, and we're going to have a lot of fun when we get there. Why don't you turn it up a notch? So <laughs> you say the same exact things, just you'd say it softer. Exactly. I wouldn't but, say it for but, the world to hear. All right, let me ask you this, though. Don't you notice that the I think that the mothers talk the way a kindergarten teacher talks at a first grade teacher. They talk really loud to the kids, and they're all like, "Do you know what we're going to do today?" <laughs> and then all the kids go, "Poem, good." <laughs> I don't know why, but whenever you go, kids all have that thing when they talk together. Where they go like this: "Statue <laughs> of Liberty." <laughs> when they try to say it in one voice. Christopher Columbus. Columbus. <laughs> Keeping our hands to ourselves. That's good advice. So, now, do those first grade teachers want people to think that they're nice to kids, too? No, they're inside a closed environment. It's only the kids hearing them. With this, this is, I mean, unless these babies are all hard of hearing and I don't re, and I'm just not realizing it, there's no need to yell right in there, right, right in their faces for everybody to hear. It's just showing off. We're going to go get a new backpack, aren't we? Yep. Oh, <laughs> can I please stop and interrupt you, ma'am, and just tell you how wonderful you are to your child by getting her the latest in backpacks. Thank you so much. I know it's turned whiny, but I think he's on to something. <laughs> I know he sounds a little, like, old cranky. And I know a lot of us are going to be thinking, is this because you lost your parent, Fez? That you you hate seeing other babies with their parents? But maybe uh, he's on. He's on to this. I don't know, because I've had kids before, and I don't think I cared whether anyone else heard me talking to him. I know a lot of people are like want you to think that their kid is cute, even if they're a stranger. I don't like that. But I will always do this. Um, act like I'm a cop when a mother can't handle some kids. And I'll do like, hey, 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 what's going on here? Ma'am, do you want me to take them for you? And she'll be like, no, they're going to settle down. I'll go, all right, well, let me know then. Who are you? I'm a crazy person that really loves the fact that I'm taller than these children. I would do it with adults, but I'd be afraid they'd hit back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Fez, you're doing good with the bits today, aren't you? <laughs> See, you're doing it back to me. You're Bitty Boy. <laughs> you're my Bitty Boy. Where's Bitty Boy? Here. See, you know, see? <laughs> it gets you to kind of fall into it. It's like first grade teacher talk. But I know after he said this yesterday, and just the 
snarkiness, just the look on his face as he hated young mothers. I was like, well, he does care. But you're like, listen how loud, like the rest of us should care. There is a woman, uh, you know, playing tag or whatever, chase with her kid, uh, going down the sidewalk. I could hear her from across the street. I'm going to get you. Here's my favorite thing. Here's my favorite thing. On the weekends, mainly Sundays in New York, if you're in the park, you can see divorced dads that have the kid. (laughs) Here's what's great. Look what bad shape their daughter's hair is in. There will just be the most frizzed out hair with a crazy, no sense pigtail, like in the middle somewhere. It's good. And it's practical. It, you, they must hand this fucking kid back to the mother, and she must have to condition for four days. They will frazzle up a child's head. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> oh, worry, you have divorced dad? They couldn't handle your hair? Yeah, definitely. He would get, like, female friends to, like, brush it out for me because he couldn't handle it. <laughs> I would have no idea what to do with a little girl's hair. Or any of their wants and desires. I am actually way too lazy and disheveled to ever have been a divorced dad. I don't have the organization (laughs) powers. Those kids would have been like, we're all going to sleep in the living room and we're eating this pizza. Does that sound fun? It was, I mean, he cooked well, but other than that, he he had no idea what to do. Here's the weird thing about dad's cooking. And I swear to God, I did it. And then my my dad used to do it. After I thought, like, why am I this obnoxious? If a mother makes food, everyone sits down and eats it. But if the father makes food, you are forced to talk about the food the entire time. <laughs> it's not too uh, well done, is it? Because oh, no. I know you like it a little bloody, but not too. And the potatoes. And you are forced... As a, like I remember looking at my dad, and I'm like, it's a fucking pancake. <laughs> Why am I still talking about this? But it's perfectly brown, isn't it? But then I did it to my own kids. But <laughs> like when your chick cooks, people just eat. No one even says this is good to her. No. This is satisfactory. But if a man does it, you then also a father be like this. Now let's all pick up our plate together and head into the kitchen. <laughs> like he demands that everyone gets involved. <laughs> My mother's just like, let me get that for you. You had a tough day today in first grade. You had a tough day skipping school today, didn't you, Ron? (laughs) You know, the school must have made a mistake. They said you weren't there today. They're crazy. You know I was there. You saw me leave this morning. Where else would I go? (laughs) Stand in the woods and smoke dope with fucking strangers? (laughs) It's minty. Is this the angel dust? Yes, it is, Mom. (laughs) Don't touch those tins. I gotta move that moving fast. And smoke some dips. <laughs> Listen to fucking Sherm. Listen to fucking Mr. South by Southwest taking some Sherm with it. That's right. It's, it's all the rage with the hipsters getting dusted. <laughs> um, Fez, hate, you hate new parents. Despise them. I hate the loud ones that are just out there to prove... I'm a fun parent. Look at all the fun. It's like me, instead of look at my kid or look at me, it's like, look at us, what a great couple we are. Mm. What if they're just actually having fun being parents? What if it's a genuine? That, that, can be, that can be kept to a, uh, to a level where everyone else doesn't have to participate in it. But it's tough for you because you live in the city where you're going to be close to people. For a person that really doesn't like other people, you've picked an odd place to live. Yeah. 
Uh, Joel, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. How you doing, man? Good. Good to hear you, Fezzy. Uh, I just wanted to say, Ronnie, you, you brought up a really interesting point about the difference in males and females. Guys, you know, we'll go out, we'll work construction all day. We'll, like, build a whole building in a day if you really want us to. But as soon as we get home, we can't be bothered with the simplest things like brushing your daughter's hair. It's, like, it's too, it's it's too impossibly hard. I would seriously, I'd rather go fight a war than watch the kids. I would rather, <laughs> seriously, I would rather be up to my balls in rice patties and being shot at. I would be more comfortable in that than figuring out, like, how to get some from... Th- uh, out of their clothes, into a bathtub, what? back into clothes. If I ever helped with that, right, the children would be in soaking wet pajamas, just standing. <laughs> I like you would see a look on their face. They wouldn't have the balls to fucking say this sucks, but you could just see this look like oh. this can't be it. <laughs> and like if. If my chick was ever had to do something, those kids were going to be eating M M&M and M sandwiches and thanking me like, "Look, see this? We're all getting it together. We're like a team here. All right, we're like a team of people doing things. It's going to taste great, and it's all going to work out." And I will tell you this: uh, this is a fucking God's truth. Once a kid hits fourth grade, your ability to help them with homework is out the fucking window. I can't imagine no. math homework. I actually. Uh, had to write back one of my kids' papers. I don't even think there is such a thing as fractions. <laughs> Everything I see is whole. I don't run into fractions of anything. Mm-mm. Like a fifth of vodka. You know what? And then the other thing, too, is like when they'll try to act like how much of the pie is left. Whatever's left is left. We'll get another fucking pie. <laughs> we will eat whatever pie we have and then get more. Still Let's not make a big thing, whether it's two-thirds or one-quarter. <laughs> well, you can't get. You can't fucking go against that. It's impossible. No. Um, here's uh, Rob. Rob, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Yeah. Hey, uh, I just want to tell you how right you are about sitting around when Dad cooks a meal, and uh, nobody says anything, and he'll just... Wait for somebody to say something about it, and if you don't, then he just gives you a death stare. You, you, have, you have to suck his dick just to make sure it's a, it's a decent meal. It's very weird. I Nobody do this. Thought. Here's the other thing that I do, and I'm not this type of person normally, but if I'm grilling food, I'll open the door and say, everybody, you need to see this. It's fucking Check it out. so gorgeous. And they have to stand as I open it. And before they even taste, they have to remark that it smells fantastic and that it looks delicious. Tell me how good this is. Isn't it great? I did this, you know. (laughs) It's insane. Men are fucking insane. But you have to wonder, like, if all the women on the planet died, I think we would just end up killing the kids. Accidentally, but we would do it. <laughs> Slowly but surely, they would all just uh, eventually just next down the way. Do you have any urges to take care of children or what? watch out for children?
children? Fuck no. Yeah, it's impossible for men to understand. I don't that. want anything to do with children. That's scary as shit and just something that seems like much more fucking much of a hassle than it's worth. You don't even want kids, huh? No, I don't want kids. I'm petrified. I, I really don't. What are you worried about? You'll get so depressed you'll do something to them? You'll, you seem like you boil them. I have worried about that. I feel like because I'm so depressed normally, I would definitely have the worst postpartum depression. I would definitely drown my kids in a tub. You say that you're depressed. I've never do, seen you do anything but smile. <laughs> the beautiful <laughs> Brazilian Julie's in here. <laughs> it's, I think it's because I'm here with you. Honestly. Are both your parents Brazilian? <laughs> yeah. And you came over here at what age? I was born here. So they came over. Yeah, they came over. Started a new life. Yeah. And now you still have people in Brazil. You go back there. And you speak yeah. the language? Yeah. Portuguese? Yeah. Let me hear you say something. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I don't know what to say. Um, I don't know. Well, uh,. Why don't you just say how many Portuguese people are hiding in here? Because <laughs> I know you did. I know we can't say where, but you did some of that Portuguese voiceover, right? I did. How I, was that fun for you? Well, I didn't actually get the part, but it was so fun auditioning. It was great. I had the most fun I've ever I had. I think they're going to use you for voiceover stuff. Are they really? I don't think so. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know. I was I under got the impression. Really I got really nervous. So I don't know if they would. I get really nervous. Because some of that was, what do you call it, mocap, right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't even do the mocap. Oh. No, we never do. We just go in there and do the voices and leave. Oh, wow. It's much yeah. easier. I mean, any of the stuff that I do for them, I'm out of there in 10 minutes. Yeah, I was out of there in like 15 less. But it's really like, ah, you better look out, I'm going to shoot you, <laughs> bastard. That's all I do. I honestly think that at, like voice acting is just growling. Ah. <laughs> They wanted me to sound really sexy, and I—I uh, I don't know if I. Who was I your director? Um, it was a—it was a—it was a girl. I don't remember her name. It was a long time ago, so I don't, I don't remember. All right, let's go over to. Um, here's Joe. Joe, you're on my face. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Yeah. Now, I was going to say when I was a divorced father with my daughter, whenever I'd try to go do her hair or something like that, she'd always say, "That's not the way mommy would do it," you know. Or that's not the way Grandma would do it. And what I would do is just hand her the brush and the scrunchy thing. You say, "Okay, sit her in front of the mirror and say, here, you do it how you want to do it.'" And I'd walk away. See, so you not only do, see this is my thing. You not only divorce your wife, but you have divorced your kids too. <laughs> it is yeah, true. It's showing her independence. Say, okay, do it for yourself. But then. you're only. But if you had a woman there with you, you would be like, "Help her, please." This oh, whole yeah, independence. No it's just a way of acting like you're doing good stuff when you're not. It's like those people who act like, it's good for a baby to cry itself to sleep. Well, you just don't want to fucking get up. <laughs> then they know not to. And they sleep through the night. Exactly. Um, I've always said that, that really, if you divorce a woman, you should never see the kids again until they're like 18, 19. I agree. It's too awkward. <laughs> I agree. I will tell you this. Any of the stuff that the weekend dads do, I've never done with my dad. We never went out and played miniature fucking golf or went to go-karts or any of that dumb shit. Never. If anything, with my dad, I just hide from him when I saw him with a rake or a fucking lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> um, here is uh, Vinny. Vinny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Julie, do you have any German heritage by chance, or are you strictly like... Portuguese Brazilian. Um, I'm not sure of my heritage actually. I'm brown, so I have brown people in my lineage. <laughs> I uh, maybe like Jewish 
Julie Schneider or something. No, no, no Germans. I don't think Why, why would you even bring that up, Vinny? Well, you know, it's ge- a lot of Germans after uh, a certain time left uh, Germany and moved to Brazil. I thought a lot went to Argentina. Did they go to Brazil as well? Brazil as well, too? Yeah, we don't have an extradition policy, so. Mm, So everybody was, Nazis were able to go there. Yeah. So that's where, like, you know, a person like Giselle's family would probably come from something. Ah. (laughs) I'm not saying that hers does. I'm just saying somebody like that. Because she has that kind of a lighter thing about her. Yeah. That region. Do they love her in Brazil? She just, yeah. She's huge. She's massive. Uh, Mike, I'm running first. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, I work seven days a week, and I recently took a weekend off to hang out with my kids. I got a three- and a six-year-old, and Saturday morning, they both walk out with all these dolls and color forms and shit. And I just, it was the thing that ten minutes went by before I was trying what kind of job I could go out and do. Yeah, it is weird. Like, you don't know what to do with them when they do that. It's very fucking hard. Fez says like that you hate new moms and all, but I don't think we could do any better. I mean, I give it to the like if you ever know a a woman and she has a kid, she kind of goes away for a couple years. Like you stop being friends with her unless you want to talk about her kid the whole time. And that's a good that's a good thing. It means that she's getting it done. She's being a good mother, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) but it just makes her like crazy to the rest of us. I don't think. Makes it, I mean, you know, she's got to she's got to do that. You know, it's a twenty four hour job. It sucks. Um, so I don't want it. <laughs> the like my sister in law will if I talk to her on the phone. She's got little kids. She always like bring up this or that that they did, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I'm talking to you. If I really wanted to talk to him about his penmanship, I'd give him a fucking buzz, and I'd sit here and talk like a fucking retarded person. <laughs> He is kind of like so fucking funny. His latest thing, I think he's like five or six, and he goes like this. Have you ever seen Journey Live? Tell me. Why? Because <laughs> I think they're amazing. He gets into these really weird fucking bands. Fuck? That's crazy. Um, You're like, uh, yeah, I did. Did they do lights? It's from that fucking, I guess that stupid game that they have that gets them in the shit. Those rock and roll fucking guitar oh games. Oh, fucking guitar band. hero. Yeah, because he, he's been through all kinds of weird fucking obsessions. Uh, Green Day, he thinks, is the fucking shit. Like every six-year-old does, though. Like little kids love Green Day. They're like the Beatles to them. Well, it's fucking fast, simple music, you know, like yeah. three chords or whatever, and it's catchy. It's all fucking poppy shit. And then here's the other thing. I think it's because the guys in the band are all little. They're almost like their little guy. <laughs> they're like their little kids. Like, oh, those little kids have a band. <laughs> like, I always loved that when I was a kid. I thought Michael Jackson was the shit. I'm like, yeah. fuck, take over the world, motherfucker. <laughs> We're talking fucking 10-year-old power. Let's Let's pop this fucking thing. Um, and then if I ever even saw the, what were the reruns, the black and white reruns of those little kids? Uh, Spanky. Spanky and our gang was the shit to me. I'm like, look at these fuckers. They act like they got a newspaper. (laughs) Those kids ran shit. Yeah, I like any kids acting like they're fucking doing something real. You ever see a movie called Bugsy Malone? Where little kids act like they're gangsters? Yes. It's the best fucking movie ever. so long. I love that movie. That was Jodie Foster when she was little. 
And uh, I don't know who else was in it. She was the best. Scott Baio. Oh, yeah. Scott Baio was fucking rocking it hard. (laughs) Michael Jackson? Wasn't it? No, you're fucking drunk. He's a different Michael Jackson, if anything. (laughs) Michael Jackson was was fucking Jackson 5. Um, let's go over to Glenn. Glenn, you're on the fence. Hey, buddies. Uh, I took your advice. I mean, before you ever gave it to me. I, when, when I got divorced, I didn't see my daughter for the first, like, nine months probably after the divorce. Everything was going great. And, uh, I ended up having to get custody of her because the mom was such a fuck-up. And let me tell you something. I was a fuck-up myself. Um, I was on, I was smoking opium when I got custody of my daughter, when I got told I was going to have custody of my daughter. And, and that's how much worse off my, uh, my daughter's mother was. But it was a nightmare with a little girl uh, as a single father trying to get clean. Yeah, it's fucking tough. You try to balance, you can't. Oh, you God, can't fucking have that kind of balance. No, that sounds like a fucking horrific nightmare. Hicks, you think you'd be taking your baby down to South by Southwest? <laughs> Here you go. Jam out, buddy. I'm a great father. Ricky, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ricky. Hey, what's going on, Ron? Hey. I was just wondering, uh, it seems like you guys got a uh, parent haters club going on today, and I'm wondering what kind of childhood issues you guys went through that you guys are kind of hating on parents on the show today. Well, <laughs> uh, I never say anything bad about mothers. I, I, I think the fathers are the ones that don't know what they're doing. Fez, you hated moms today. Yeah. But, you know, why you bring, you, you bring up parent hating? Rick, you know Fez just lost his dad. Now you right. remind him of that, and he's fucking crying. Oh, that's terrible. Thanks, mean to... Ricky. What a fucking Great. dick. What the Great fuck? fucking fence. Don't leave. Congratulations, Fez, jerk don't off. don't walk out of here. Fuck. Don't let Ricky do this to you. This guy's a cocksucker. This is where you start talking. All right, I'll come back. All right, good. <laughs> I don't know how much longer we could have fucking went there with you guys staring. I know you weren't leaving. I just turned it around on him and used whatever advantage I had. <laughs> that's right, Ricky. You don't understand. My friend's dad died. Don't you get a it? Lot. You all right now, Fezzy? I'm better, yes. Maybe your mom will remarry you and you'll get a new dad. I don't see her as the remarrying kind. Never know. I don't know. You never know. Yeah, you really never know. You know, they got Viagra now. These fucking old dudes can fucking stay in the game. Yeah, fucking rock hard. <laughs> you don't even mean to. <laughs> You don't even fucking mean to do it. He'll fucking end up tying a swing to his dick. And she's, you know, I mean, they don't have to do everything. But a lot of, you know, older women love to just fucking get on a swing like the old days. Drink some lemonade. (laughs) And just ride it. I'm going to try to not picture my mother riding it. Why not? Maybe she'd like to do what uh, Meredith Baxter did. Late in the life, uh, lesbian thing. No mm-hmm. one's stopping her. Yeah. Now it's a wide open fucking world right now. That's right. It's all open to her. I just don't see her having oh, another. No one should talk about their mother open. <laughs> Not that. That's disgusting. <laughs> Christ Almighty. Oh God, Fez. My friend's dad just died. You're gonna say something that gross? You don't know what I've been going through lately. I'm your friend, and my friend ate his dad's dead man's soup. Yeah. <laughs> It's disgusting. Uh, Dead man's soup is going to stick in my brain for a while. <laughs> as well as your gullet. <laughs> Why don't you plug away, Fess? 
March Madness going on this week. Go to 202 Friends. Find out how you can win by filling out your brackets through 202 Friends. Join the Ron and Fez Show group. And chance to win a trip to New York City. That's if you win the entire SiriusXM Hoops competition. Also, if you win the Ron and Fez group, you get a signed basketball signed by Hall of Famer Bill Walton. Go to 202 Friends right now. All the details are right there. Now, does he have less passion than he does with a regular live read? I want to just get the real passion, Fez. This is great shit they're getting. I want you going off the fucking rails. I don't like this to be like Julie doing some bad voiceover. (laughs) I didn't know that that went bad for you. I thought it did. (laughs) I have very very low self-confidence. I always think things go badly for me. You're doing really bad in here today. Yeah, I am. I think I am. (laughs) I really want to hear some of your depressing things. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she's depressed. I think that's a character that she plays on Twitter. Sounds no, like No, it's really not. I wish I, I I wish I could express it now, but it only comes when it's like really real. And so, sometimes I, when I, I, I read your tweets, with you and Fez, so sometimes when I read your tweets, I'm like, I better check on her. She seems like she might kill herself. No. And then I'll see, and you're like, Hey, everything's <laughs> great. Here's some cigars, some cigarettes, and Oreos. How many Oreos have you eaten, Fez? I haven't eaten any Oreos. How many can you eat for your dad today? Um, and you eat 50. <laughs> House them. 50 is a lot of Oreos. I could probably do a good, um, by the end of the show, one hour, I could probably get a good 40 in. No. Never. I don't know. I, I, I think there were probably like 30 or 40 in there. I, I, I don't know. How many Oreos comes in a package? Hex, you count them, don't you? Yeah, there's, there's about 35. You and your dad used to play fucking blackjack at the house, didn't you? <laughs> He did teach me how to fucking play cards at a very early age. What kind of cards did he teach you? Uh, seven card stud, just five card draw, and like fucking blackjack, shit like that. Uh, I hate 51, Texas. I understand, Fez. There's 51 in there. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I can get... I can go for it. Do it. I need some milk. Where are we going to get milk from? What are you? <laughs> Alert. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Brian, go now. Milk, quickly. <laughs> I fuck that. Jesus Christ. Brian running. <laughs> I really do like Brian because he runs. Oh, yeah. If God's just fucking general over this fucking place. Roland's walking around in the halls because he heard the fucking term Oreo. <laughs> and I gave you guys pizza the other day. This uh, isn't an Oreo, Oreo. party. Oreo. He's These are Fez's Oreos. <laughs> um, are people writing in you can't because you're diabetes? I didn't know that. I don't Oreos think you should. Point. Oreos are bad for you, Fez? Well, there's a lot. If I eat a whole pack, there's going to be a lot of sugar in there. I didn't know. So? All right, well, then don't do it, if you know better. Yeah, but it's like a, it's a challenge. Well, there's all kinds of challenges. What if you fucking walk on the outside of the ledge here? That'd be crazy. No, I don't want to do that one. Well, this could be another one that you don't want to do. <laughs> we got some bungee cord. Um, here's uh, Mark. Mark, you're on Hey, buddies. Ron, you sound like a million bucks. Uh, hey, I was wondering. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, is there any way that 202 Friends could uh, tweet a picture of Brazilian Julie? Why would we? Why would we do that? Because the voice sounds so angelic, and we would love to see a face to go right. with the she, voice. I'm going to tell you this. She is a beautiful Brazilian girl, but I'm not here to promote her as masturbation material for you. <laughs> she is a friend of ours. 
but that would help finish the process. Uh, no, that's not. There is no process. She's just our friend, and she's here as our friend. Uh, Bill, you're on Fez. Hey, that'll kill him, man. Don't let him eat that crap. I I didn't know that there was a lot of sugar in that fez. I don't keep up with the diabetes thing. And quite frankly, is there a lot of entertainment value in it? Well, it won't. You know, you'll hear me crunching a lot and gulping a lot of milk. So that would be the entertainment value. That would be about it coming out of this, unless I can pull it off. Then maybe you should save those and eat them in moderation. I think maybe dunk them in your dead man's soup. For anything, <laughs> I knew I should have brought something different, but I didn't know what to bring you. Mm. Well, let me tell you. I watched two hours of Celebrity Apprentice last night, and I would have rather watched somebody eating Oreos. <laughs> is, meat, is meatloaf still on? Ungodly fake and ungodly stupid. What's fake about it? I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't Any of the fights aren't real. Oh. They're just not real. And it's really unnerving that Marley Matlin, the deaf actress, Uh-oh. has a yeah. male interpreter. Doing her voice. Last night was, uh, I turned it on for the first time last night, and it's like, who is this guy that's hanging out on the women's team? But uh, here's the thing. He's been with her for like 20 years, dude. I remember, because he looks like Gilbert Godfrey, and I remember he was there when she won the Oscar, and that was back in the 80s. She's had the same guy. He, he's dedicated her life to speaking for her. And the weird deal is this. Like, if she's like... Like, if if she would be, like, fucking mad at, at Julie and was, like, doing this, I'll be his interpreter. No, Julie, you're out of your mind. Like, <laughs> fucking acting out. And he'll start fucking yelling at the person. And fucked up. And then, like, Dion Warwick would say to him, this is none of your business. And he goes, no, I'm, I'm speaking for her now. I'm the, this isn't me. Because she's like, hey, who the fuck are you to talk to me this way? And he's like, no, it's her. This is how fucking... Stupid uh, <laughs> Donald Trump is. So she's been fighting with fucking Dionne Warwick, right? Marley Matlin. And she goes, I know she's supposed to be a a legend, but she talks to me really. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean supposed to be a legend? How do you not know that this woman is a legend? And Marley Matlin says, because I'm deaf. You <laughs> fucking stupid billionaire fucking asshole. A douche. I am telling you now. <laughs> when the fucking shit comes down and mass rioting takes place across the world, I'm heading for the fucking Trump Tower and I'm taking them all down. And that's fucking the sons, the, the lookalike sons, yeah. <laughs> who somehow think that they, because they were fucking born on third base, they hit a triple. You motherfuckers would not be there. Stop acting like you know shit. Just fucking anything comes up, you should say this. And my dad's rich, so <laughs> my life's pretty good. They got rid of the old guy? That used Fuck to- yeah, no. they got rid of everybody but the kids. Oh, The kids do everything. That's for so shits. So they got to keep the money fucking in. Trump is actually trying to get his two sons to impregnate his daughter. So they can <laughs> oh. keep that fucking Trump money in their family. Why? It's incest. That's gross. Are they saying an implanter with the jizz, or are they going to bang her? You know what? I don't know why you're taking such fucking interest. Mr. Aloof is finally wants to get some hands-on stuff. Maybe I'm just wondering. I hear about this. This fucking sounds horrible. They well, can afford either way. It, it, because you're fucking giving off like you grew up and spanked the monkey fucking Astoria Queens. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious. That's all. 
Julia, I'll tell you this. I don't know what you see in him. <laughs> I mean, obviously, his taste for clothes is amazing. That's right. Bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> uh, what is this for? I have no clue. I just, it was like on sale, and I fucking bought it. Why oh on sale? You mean you stole it out of the fucking laundromat? <laughs> somebody wasn't there? Because I don't understand you. I don't understand you at all anymore, Hicks. I'm all over it. I got cool gun shirts. Let's look it up. <laughs> yeah, unwatchable, that fucking show. Unwatchable. Um, Chris, you're on Fez. Hey, Fez. I just got to say thanks right now because you guys started talking about Oreo cookies, and now I have the worst craving in the world for Oreo cookies. So I got to say thanks for making me... I haven't crazy. had Oreo cookies in years. Um... They are the only store-bought cookie that I will ever eat, though. The rest of those things that they try to act like they're chocolate chip That's or whatever. Nasty. I never like those. Fuck you! Uh-uh. The Oreos are in there. No elves made these disgusting... Un- un- elves could definitely cook better than this. Yeah, they're, they're, they're infused with magic. <laughs> Although I will eat a Girl Scout cookie. But aren't you all glad I said cookie afterwards? Not just I'd eat a Girl Scout? <laughs> Otherwise, I have to dump out. All right, in a perfect world, Hicks. Okay. Let's say we take you out of this and no one ever finds out. What's the youngest and oldest that you could have sex with? And let's... Okay. And, uh, All right. And this has nothing to do with your beautiful, lovely bride that you love so much. That's right. All right. Youngest, 14, oldest, 63. You... Are casting a wide net, <laughs> and I admire that. You don't have a type, and that's exciting. All right, Julie, back to you. I would say youngest sixteen, oldest. I don't know. There's a good. There's a good area there in the 60s, so I'm going to go 63. Seems. All right, so you and uh, another wide, yeah, wide nut. Well, you can find some really charming older men, you know, and maybe even be menage with him and his grandson. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Hicks, do you find it disgusting if a woman has sex? Twice in the same day, neither guy knows about it, or is that okay for you? Whatever, it's whatever. She's getting her nut off. I don't, whatever. I don't, <laughs> it's the do second time today. So you dropped that. What about for you, Julie? Have you ever found yourself in that uncomfortable situation, or was it? I don't think so, but I don't think I would. I mean, I don't think I, I would mind it that much. Like, I wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't bother me if a friend did it. That's for sure. Uh, it wouldn't be uh, Zeno. I see you making terrible faces. That's disgusting, Ron. Uh, two different <laughs> guys in one day is kind of gross to me. It's very gross. Actually. What if they what, don't know about it? They don't know about it. It was none of their business. I, I just think I think that's a dirty thing to do. What I if she clean. showered up before? I, I, I guess, but I mean, the shower's not like a complete reset button. I think it would be kind of weird. Why, why is she fucking two guys in one day anyway? What's, what's going on there? Do you think it's fucking sick if a guy bangs two girls in one day? Because if you haven't done that before in your life, you're gay. <laughs> I will fucking, I will put the fucking word out there that there is no regular guy who hasn't nailed two chicks in the same day. In their, whether it was in their early years or as they got through it, because you got to. That's another thing you need to get off the list. Fun. The non-gay list. Uh oh. 
I mean, he was okay with the rape situation. Yes. With the not remembering, but he's not okay with like two people consensually having sex this with is someone wh- and then not knowing each this other. This is why I think Al Dukes had a fucking. <laughs> and the only reason why I know it didn't happen is because Al Dukes never had sex. <laughs> Even on a hot August night during a fucking Neil Diamond record when he was offered the opportunity, he didn't. Um, what is your uh, expansion here? Age expansion. I, I would say probably 16 to 61. All right, so you, another. another Bez, what about for you? I'll go 15 oh. to... Sick fuck. <laughs> Sick. Fuck. You're going, I guarantee this. If he ever gets comfortable with himself, he's going to fucking jail. And that <laughs> is a gimme. Just from that alone. I mean, good God. Yeah. Because I've had... I've tried to have fucking conversations uh-huh. with him before, yeah. and then I would go like this. I go, look, I, w- I don't want you to fucking feel like, you know, you can't fucking bring anything to me. I'm, I'm non-judgmental, judgmental with you, and he'll just start to express himself. And I go, shut up, stop talking. <laughs> You're disgusting. I don't want to hear it. You said you wanted to but, hear, but because it's really fucking scary, fucking grabbing people's stuff. I'm glad that you even fuck it up to, the, up to that age. Oh, boy. What's your last, the, the, the oldest age? 17. <laughs> fuck. 15 to 17. I'll go 15 to 35. Nice. Robbing the cradle. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that far off, Brazilian Julie. Santa Claus likes him young. <laughs> you are going to look like Santa fucking Claus. If you ever once... Look at Rooney. He's so fucking proud of himself. Right, what is this thing? By the way, I love to see whatever uh, states go in different directions. Wh- uh, Wayne Rooney's bicycle kick was way fucking better. <laughs> Look at that. More people in the United States think that the fucking soccer play is cooler than a basketball play. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, That is fucking crazy. Yeah, I thought I'd see that shit. All right, we got a break here. Uh... Our good friend Brazilian Julie's here, and Julie was asking me what's going on with the March Madness. I told her you'd explain it first. It's March Madness this week, and join our madness. Go to 202 Friends on Twitter. All the details are there. You can get registered, fill out your brackets. Great, great prizes on the line. Possibly a trip to New York. If you win the Ron and Fez group, sign basketball from Bill Walton, the Hall of Famer. Go to 202 Friends for your March Madness, and and you'll get all the details there. Go to 202 Friends right now because just a few days to sign up for this. All right. Uh, we'll break. Back to talk about much more after the jump, Ron and Fez. The Ron and Fez Show. On the virus. It's tonight, right? Better be. That ball drops. I'm going to grab a slut and I'm just going to pee in her butt. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Trying to figure out this Japan problem as we go along. By the way, we will look at Danny Flip's brand new uh, video right now. But uh, Brazilian Julie is in studio today. Lovely Brazilian Julie. And 
fresh from the purity ball, a born again virgin, which I think is, Hicks, I think is fantastic. That's great. It's always good to be born again. How many times can you be born again? Like, do you fuck up you and then you become born again again? It's like getting a new chip at AA. Oh, wow. It's just over and over. You can always do it. I don't, personally, I don't believe in the past. I don't even think there is such a thing as a past. Uh, what were you telling me, Julie, about people's ability to connect or disconnect to this? Um, like, um, there's. I feel like with with things like like Japan, like seeing it from far away or seeing mm-hmm. images of it from far away, there's like a, a very large disconnect that we have. Like we can't really feel <clears throat> or like really feel that pain or really mourn for those people because it's just like it's not only far away in terms of distance but it's far away and it's like once removed from you it's like just exists on a screen or on a piece of paper so the fact that it's that you're not there it it makes it even smaller when you look at it yeah. it's only the size of a tv for you yeah exactly it's only really the size of what you're seeing it as you don't really feel it well, this was an interesting thing because this stuff looks so horrific that it gets into that. It looks like a movie. And they were worried immediately that Battle Los Angeles was going to do. terrible business because people wouldn't want to go to the movie theater and see the same disaster that they're seeing on TV. No problem. People did show up to see it. Yep, they were fine. And what is it about us that we want to see our planet destroyed time and time again in our fantasies? It's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing. It's like we want to it's like we want to experience it before we even know it's going to happen. Right. Like if it's going to happen, we don't even know, but we want to like experience it and live it over and over again. And it's a complete fantasy. I mean, how many people are really going to... All right, but do you... Yeah, well, there always that thing, end times are coming. You always hear from those people, you know, which is like the, you know, just the extreme narcissist thing of, I'm going to be here when the, when the world ends. Uh, but the weird thing about that, too, is it's always been kind of said. Yeah. You know, everyone always thought they were at the end times. Although, I got to tell you, lately, the news is just so overwhelmingly bad. It's crazy. It's crazy. And all I was thinking of, you know, when we had the guy uh, calling today saying, you know, you got to send these people money. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't even know people. You know, like, when I'm with the people on my block, the amount of people who are like, 
man, I ain't been working, and I'm this and that. I don't know whether we've got a lot of money to send them like we would have if this was the 80s, 90s, you know? I don't think so. I don't think. I think things have been... Things are fucked. (laughs) Everybody's savings got fucked. Everybody's houses are fucked. Hicks is going to South by Southwest without a fucking care in the world. But I'm telling you right now. Fuck Libya and and Japan. You know what? I'm glad Bob Geldof, my best friend, isn't here to hear you say shit like that. Because he and I would fucking just start kicking the shit out of you. (laughs) Oh, come on, Bob. Fuck. Calm down there. Fuck him. That's all I'm saying. Each and everyone, fuck them. I was like, Bob, if I wanted to hear this, I'd invite fucking Mooch back in here. Because you act just like him. The shite. <laughs> this was during the Troubles. <laughs> back in the days of the Troubles. I just can't like imagine what people in like 1938 were going through. Like how they. I don't know how they. Fucking, I don't know how they how they did how they did. But what they at did least they, they did just it. like heard it on the radio. They didn't have it fucking. St- you know they weren't like seeing the Nazis on their on their screen. No, they weren't, and they you know they they saw whatever they saw was on a newspaper in black and white. And even then they wrote about this kind of stuff like this disconnect and this kind of not being able to right. feel it from here. Well, that's the weirdness of, you know, well, Fez, you've recently had the the tragedy of losing your own dad. Uh-huh. But that thing feels overwhelming to you. It's just one person. And you can look this thing on TV and just feel like, uh, yeah, that is sad. But you don't have that crushing thing that if you have somebody actually in your life. Yeah. It goes kind of shows you the selfishness of a human being, and you can't even get out of that. I'm not saying Fez is selfish. I mean, that's just the way it is of a human being. Yours is what really matters to you, you know? Yeah, we can't relate to it unless it's it's literally right next to us. But that's, that's what a baby does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a baby only cares when it happens to them. I'm not sure that we mature that much. I don't think we do. And Hicks is fucking watching this thing like it's a video game. That's pretty crazy looking, huh? And you can't comprehend that kind of... I mean, when you're seeing cars and trains washing around, airplanes spinning around, you can't even understand that kind of power. I don't know. When uh, this this past couple months I was in uh, Brazil and uh, it was raining a lot. I mean, a lot. I've never seen rain like this before where it, on the avenues, like any flat avenue would have just cars up to the hood filled with water just and motorcycles being dragged down the street and and people trying to walk like through a pool of water in the street i just i couldn't leave my house i was just staring i I couldn't even believe it here's this is the weirdest thing to me always about water right he's like you need water you will die without water but you don't want 10 feet of it you know what i mean like suddenly (laughs) you can have this thing that you can't live a day without it Uh uh-oh there's too much of it how the fuck, what, what is the sensibility of that? Either something should be bad or good. Why should so much of it? And salty. Sucks. Yes, I didn't even bring up the saltiness. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, what if, could even happen to this farmland? There's salt water in it now. I mean, we're watching those farms. How long does that take before it becomes a, a farm again? Um, here is Chris. Chris, you're on my face. Hi, how are you? Yeah. So, the, um... I figured out the other day, if you add the dates of September 11th and the date that this uh, earthquake happened in Japan, it adds up to uh, 12 21 which is the day that the Mayans said the world's supposed to end. 
So next year for Christmas, we don't even bother shopping till last minute. Yeah, pretty <laughs> nice. much, Luckily, the Jews are going to get their dreidel stuff early. So you believe it's going to be 12, 21, 12? Well, not me necessarily. I'm just saying. Okay, oh, the, the fucking guy in your pocket that you're doing additions for. Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Rod. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about uh, them comparing this catastrophe to World War II? I mean... Oh, yeah. On Facebook, it blew up. It's like, this is payback for fucking WW2. What payback was it? They lost that war. No fucking sense. This is all confusing to me. I hadn't heard this. I don't read Facebook. I read, like, something was like, people, like, just blowing up, like, yeah, good, that's what they get from fucking WW. It's it's totally insane. All they're getting is more nuclear problems. Well, they're saying Uh, from Pearl Harbor. No, 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 they're they're comparing this as a catastrophe to World War II, and they're saying that World War II was a catastrophe. Well, yes, it was, but it was of their own making. I'll see where they could they get off comparing this to World War II on the Yeah, it seems understand. to be to to me to be the smallest thing to talk about with this whole thing. <laughs> it seems like the worst place to put any attention that we have is to start ranking these things. No. No, no so- if any asshole comes in with the millionth Godzilla Unfunny fucking joke. Don't let them through. <laughs> Particularly somebody from Louisiana who oh. cried like a baby when New Orleans went underwater. You fucks. <sighs> Not everybody, just that guy, because he happened to be from Louisiana. But you'd think he would be able to get it. But even look at this. New Orleans, we still haven't bounced back. Yeah. And it was nowhere near this size. Oh, no. And here's the weirdest thing. Bush is flying over this one again. I don't know why. He said, I just want to take a flight. He goes, I now love flying over disasters. It's so much fun. I'm telling you, I don't know. It's so difficult to be me, a Bob Geldof, people that are supposed to fix these things immediately. Me and Geldof are tired. I understand. I'm going to throw Bono into the mix. So much pressure. Oh, well, Bono's tired from that damn musical going on. Oh, yeah, he's gotten fucked over. You know what would be good just to take over for Wallace? Marilyn Manson. Just let him take a couple days instead of being fucking kooky. Look at that. I can't even look at it, Hicks. I wish you wouldn't show it to me. I don't want to treat it like it's it's fucking CGI, but I can't help but think it it doesn't seem real to me. It's too big to be real. Um, It hurts. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, the Good. thing that they were talking about World War II was the Prime Minister of Japan made a statement that this is the worst catastrophe since World War II. The thing about Facebook that I saw was they're looking for Ultraman and any in that area, in that era, no, that Ultraman could solve all their problems. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, <sighs> 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, Randy, you're on Run fez Randy. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I was just curious. What happened to them fish that were uh, in that wave that was moving 500 mile an hour? Is that like a wall that they hit, or what happened to the fish? It's what all the children are wondering about. Are the fish okay? Um, and I never. This to me is some things that you can't laugh about. And 9/11, obviously, you're not supposed to laugh about it. But like from 9/12 on, I would hysterically at the cards, the get well cards that the little kids would send. And they all worried about the animals. 
They and they would just write it. They would always send stuff. Remember, they used to put them up all over the cities, yeah. and there would always be buildings crying, which made me fucking laugh. <laughs> and then it would go, "I hope the animals are okay." Or they would write to the firemen, "Thanks for getting the dogs and cats out." Because I know when they, I'm sure when the teachers all around. We're going like this. There was an attack in New York City. <laughs> right away, they act like, are the dogs and cats okay? <laughs> like, all you can think about, and what are you doing writing tears on buildings? You're not fucking making anyone feel better about it. And they would actually draw, like, mean fucking planes driving into sad buildings. <laughs> and you'd be like... Hey, there were people in the planes too, kid. The fucking plane should be crying since it's also a victim. But the teachers don't take the time. I'd be handing shit back in. I'm like, we're not sending this to New York. <laughs> with you showing a mean plane going into a crying building and then bringing up dogs again. But I, so I will check on the fish for you, sir. But I'm sure there's some fish in koi ponds who just fucking yelled out, we're free. Hell yeah. Um,. Now I'm in the ocean. I don't even know if I even like it. I don't know. A lot more room. Hicks, instead of going to South by Southwest, yeah. maybe I should fly you over there. Just fucking do some aid work or whatever. I don't know. Try to bail out some streets or something. Yeah, bail out some streets or something. There you go. <laughs> I don't I'll know send you do. over with two buckets. <laughs> you know, just the fact that you're there will help. Okay. And we'll get Fez's dad's bean dip and what's ever left over from the soup that Fez hasn't gone through the five bowls of. Well, hungry were you, Fez? How about when we said use an actual measuring way to tell us, and he tells us bowls. What, how many bowls of gasoline did you have to get the other day, Fez, when you went to the gas station? <laughs> a lot. Do a plug, Fuzzy. March Madness going on starts this week. So also starting this week, your chance to win. Great prizes on the line with the March Madness brackets for the NCAA tournament. Go to 202 Friends. It's going to have all the information on how you get registered and sign up and fill out your brackets. Prizes. If you win the overall SiriusXM hoops competition, trip for two to New York City. You win the Ron and Fez group. That is a signed basketball signed by Mr. Bill Walton Hall of Famer. You'll be walking away with that. All you have to do is just fill out your brackets and you're entered to win. It's uh, Make sure you do it really quickly, like three days to do this. So go there right now, 202 Friends, for all the info. The truth is, I don't think as many people are going to be in this as our soccer tournament. And I'll stand by that. Uh, Greg, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I know you're saying that the, you know, the news like it isn't funny, but on the first Saturday, the, the Japanese news report, they were like simulcasting, and they had all these Japanese dudes just doing the news with construction helmets on. Well, that's because the lights and shit were falling on yeah, them. It just looked weird. I mean, it was, you know, Asian guys in helmets. Yeah, uh, like, it also looked weird when fucking G- uh, uh, the mayor... Giuliani was walking down the street coughing into a fucking handkerchief. But I didn't laugh at him. I didn't laugh. Look how dirty you are. Look, they can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really dis- Not so much with Hicks, but you too. For jumping in on that. Really feel like it's too early with the 9-11 stuff. Uh, Patrick, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I just uh, moved back here from... Uh, I was in the Tohoku region for about two years. Yeah. And um, if there's any silver lining to the whole thing, it's the uh, resilience of the Japanese people that um, you had a devastating earthquake back in 96 uh, in Kobe, in, in 
the Osaka area. And in the amount of time that's elapsed since Katrina, they had already rebuilt the city completely. Um, you wouldn't even know there was an earthquake there today. Uh, it is uh, amazing that people can bounce back. I mean, in the middle of it all, and we get fatalistic sometimes, but people are so fucking resilient, and people will rebuild. They will rebuild. Gotta get a whole new coastline. Um, Hicks, what's that story you have up there? Got Spy Report. Mm, Spy Report? Let me play this. Spy Report. Spy Report. Spy Report. A warrant has been issued for Michael Madsen's arrest. Mm. He owes $570,000 in child and spousal support. And that's TMZ reporting. Maybe him and uh, Carlo Bo can go in the same fucking cell together. <laughs> this pisses me off. Um, Madsen, who just did O&A not too long ago. To me, in terms of movie stars, Michael Madsen is a fucking movie star of old school proportions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The fact... That he's doing these straight-to-video things, it breaks my heart. Yeah, he should be fucking in features. It doesn't. He should be sense. fucking Lee Marvin. He was in Free Willy. And when you heard him on O&A, those guys sat around that day like they were with a fucking movie star. Because he fucking is. He's yeah. a man. I he's mean, it's like, you know, for him to come in and this thing, and those guys would be like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were fucking pumped like fans. We see a lot of people who, you know, come through here. But fucking, this guy is a true movie star. I don't know what's with Hollywood that they don't figure that out. Maybe he fucking burned some bridges or pissing people off or fucking something. We Good, whatever, fuck it. Put him in a movie. I wouldn't give a shit. He scares the shit out of you when he's the bad guy. Fuck yeah. Think in your, in your head. Do you want Michael Madsen coming after you for anything? No. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you actually looked up. Like, no, I don't want that. That's fucking what that would scare me. Bill's brother, man. Uh, I want to go to Danny Flips. A lot of people writing in, Fez, that you're just reading with these plugs. I want you to feel it. I don't want it to be a phone booth. I don't want people tuning out because there's too many words. I want you to be like a Madison Avenue... If you can get if you get it to eight words, then take it to six. Six words, take it to five. Don Draper, this shit. Don Draper, the motherfucker out, because you can't turn in a big fucking encyclopedia on Madison Avenue and go, I've I've written a copy. No, it's got to happen quick. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Danny Flips is a very good friend of ours. Uh, we know him from going to Molly's and flipping around. He likes to show up in a mask. Yep. And. The guy's a professional gymnast. Let's see his new commercial. Ziggs to help us write their new Here's commercial. Danny. But I still don't have any good ideas. Talk about how it's the shoe with the energy boost. Everybody knows that. Oh boy, what about a talking bear? He wears Ziggs, he eats honey out of like a pot. I don't know. We're never going to think of anything. Why is this so hard? Reebok, very good, Danny. Congratulations. Bye, Reebok. Spy them. Bye, Danny. Here's what annoys me, though. Do you notice the straight guy who everyone's flipping around? Mm hmm. Looks exactly like Eastside Dave. <laughs> Dave oh should be getting all these spots. You can't fast forward in this motherfucker. Watch when he starts. Look. Oh, my, oh my God. God. He looks, looks like Eastside Dave. Dave, Jimmy Schubert, 
which is, you know, all of them look like that. But he looks exactly, and Dave wants a TV commercial, and I've got to see a Dave lookalike wherever I, uh, I fucking glance at. Very even that initial hand, even that initial yes. hand movement. That's the mic. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm crazy <laughs> mic. What? I'm in an office. I don't know why they don't turn fucking Dave into a major television star. He's wasted on radio because he's so visual. Now, did you see the thing that he's writing right now for reality TV? No, I have not. Yeah, what's the guy's name that uh, calls our show? Johnny Fairplay. Yeah, Mr. Fairplay has got some kind of weird website. He asked Dave to write up uh, something on some... But Fairplay sent it to 202 Friends. By the way, put the, Johnny, uh, put the Danny Flips commercial up. Oh, look at that. <laughs> See? That's perfect. He could be that guy. He's even wearing the same shirt as the guy in the commercial in this photo. Fez, if I told you, give me your Madison Avenue... Coca-Cola commercial, what would you give me? I'd say March Madness starts this week. 202 Friends for all the details. Well, Great uh, prizes. That's got nothing to do with Coca-Cola. <laughs> Hicks, what would your Coca-Cola commercial be? The sun will always shine. The birds will always sing. <laughs> Look, here's what I would hand them. Yeah. Fuck Pepsi. Drink Coke. <laughs> and I would immediately say, let's fucking turn that into a t-shirt. <laughs> we'll just attack Pepsi. Is that Fuck right? Pepsi. Drink Coke. I like, maybe it starts out with, uh, you order a Coke at a restaurant, and they'll do that. All right. um, uh, we don't serve Coke. Would the Pepsi be all right? Fuck no! <laughs> Fuck Pepsi! Drink Coke! And that would be my spot. Wow. And then, any, and then at the end of it, I would look at the camera and go like this. Anyone who drinks a Pepsi is a dick. <laughs> you know, something... Just make it feel bad? Yeah. <laughs> And then you would, and, and Coke would end up crushing them. It would catch on. <laughs> well, yeah, because, because people would just start repeating, fuck Pepsi, drink Coke. Because they don't think. That's more badass. Yeah. <laughs> it's passion for your colas. That's all I'm trying to fucking say to you. That's all me and Geldof. Oh, fuck. Geldof now, is in on this too? Yeah, anything I do, Geldof is fucking part of. And I think you picked that up today. <laughs> okay. Two fucking pals doing shit together. And then, uh, by the way, everybody in the back loved that interview. Because no one's ever heard Geldof talk about music. And then um, Liam said to me, I didn't even know that he was a musician. I thought he was a philanthropist. I thought, I thought you were a fucking philanthropist. Good. <laughs> I don't even know what that fucking means. Could make him feel like shit. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Fuck Pepsi, drink Coke. That's what it means. Fuck your new generation. I'm drinking a Coke. I don't think anyone has ever said, though, when they go that, oh, we don't serve Coke here. Is Pepsi all right? You always go like this. Oh, yeah. Like, you're real happy. Like, oh, that's even better. You don't have what I want? Yeah. All right. Good, because there's no way to have two of something. And I'll have a pork chop. We don't have pork chop. You want a hamburger? You know, like, just fucking get one of everything. Get Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> Not the way I fucking roll. Mm -mm. Fuck I'm, Pepsi. I'm going to open up my own little Madison Avenue fucking ad thing. It's going to be a lot more negative than these other ones. It's going to be a lot more in your face. Okay, not enough attacking maybe goes on in advertising. And when I don't play those fucking games, neither does Geldof. Good. <laughs> we here at Bennington Geldof. Because <laughs> our new thing is fuck Japan, help Africa. Oh, wow. You can release that now while they're already fucked up? 
You told me, you said if you had to be with a guy, it'd be Bob Geldof. Why did you feel that way? Well, you know, he's such such a great, you know, musician and just a passionate man. <laughs> and, you know, he's not bad looking. Jeff, you're on the Run Fish Show. Yo, fuck Pepsi. You can't make a rum and coke with Pepsi. It is true. Who's ever had a rum and Pepsi? Oh, that's Ugh. disgusting. It's disgusting. Now, again, if Pepsi wants to pay me to do fuck coke, drink Pepsi, I'll do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, that's the what I It's a pirate agency. We don't fucking play games here. Um, go ahead, Fez. Let's hear your new spot. Now that I fucking pumped you up for it. March Madness. This week, 202 Friends. All the details. Win a trip to New York City. Win a signed basketball signed by Bill Walton, Hall of Famer. All right, let me stop you there. Julie, you can see that he's not reading, right? Why does he sound like he is? Why does he sound like there's a gun I up think, to his I head? I think he did great that last one. What did you think, Hicks? Pumped it up right I don't know. You, you get more zip in it, maybe a little bit. Oh, it's zip. What we're missing is zip. Yeah. And you know what zip sounds like, right, Fez? Zip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Julie. Zip. 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 Not like that. More like this. Zip. Zip. Yeah, no offense, you sound like someone who's dead. <laughs> I am. All right. I am, but we don't want them to know that. It's like you're never going to do a commercial like a Coke commercial and go like this. My father just passed away. I'm going to drink this Coke, but I bet I can't even taste it. I'm just so sad. Fuck Pepsi. I guess fuck Pepsi. I'm real. I care. My dad's gone. You think I care about anything? Do you ever feel like you're just faking your way through some circumstances? Um, I, well, sometimes, yeah. What times? Um, like at my father's wake. That's one of the ones I thought that you would have been connected to. No, but it was like when, like a lot of his bank, unless I knew the person, mm-hmm. like a lot of people that had worked with him over the past 30 years. Plus, from what I understood. was like really d- difficult to listen to. I heard that you were a little that night. A little sloppy. Yeah, I was a little. Yeah, that happened. That's business. You should have fucking had stood there with the fucking bottle in your hand. Don't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you a bad person. Get on the sauce. Fuck it. We'll make you a bad pilot. <laughs> yes. That's the weird thing about it. <laughs> oh, I thought pilots were drunk all the time anyway. They are a lot yeah. of them are. So whatever. But would you ever want to get on an airplane and go like this? Uh, we're about to take off. Um, my dad just passed away yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. I guess this flight's for him. I don't even know if I feel like even doing it. I mean, now, I guess I'll take off. I don't know. It's weird. We don't want honesty everywhere, do we? No. Oh, hell no. No. That would ruin things. That would ruin a lot of shit. Could you imagine, though, like, if, if the person, like, um, we're about to take off. I'm going to call my wife back, though, real quick. She says she's leaving me. <laughs> Taking the kids. <laughs> I guess my whole life has been gutted. Nothing left to live for. Strap the fuck in, folks. I'm not even <laughs> playing games on you right now. Strap the fuck in. It's too late to get off this flight. <laughs> you ever go up? I was on a plane one time, and the pilot was so young. It was like his first time. And he actually said he wanted to go drive past his old high school so people could see him. <laughs> we had to go... <laughs> We had to go in lower. It's unprofessional. And, and he beeped. 
How come a plane doesn't have a fucking horn? Wouldn't that be really funny? You're just in a, what is he saying? What the fuck is it? But it might keep birds out of the way. I should have said that. Uh, Gelof, do you remember where you were when Princess Diana died? Because oh. they were like best buddies. Really? Yeah, they were like very, very close oh, after Libade. That must have killed him. Wow. Or her, I guess. I wonder if he took a run at it. He Had probably to. did. He probably did. Why would I would have. Why Diana? Yeah, definitely. If I was like part of her posse, yeah, definitely. By posse, do you mean vagina? Yes. <laughs> okay, I thought so. If I was a part of her posse, I'd stop right there. I'm like, well, I can't get any closer. <laughs> so, would you ever do a flame, a fame fuck, just because the person was famous? Yes, I've had, I, I've had, a, I have, I've had, you know, I've imagined it how it would happen. Uh, who, definitely. Uh, who is one of your fame fucks that you go for? Um, I guess any of the, you know, obviously attractive ones like Johnny Depp and like Brad Pitt, stuff like that. I so you, really you Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp would be number one for you? Probably, yeah. He's he's, he's too sexy. Fame fuck, even even though you love your chick, who would be your fame fuck? Angelina Jolie, something like that. She's ridiculously hot. Hmm. Come on. For me, Pope John Paul II. <laughs> She's dead. Is he? I yeah. thought he was just sick. No, no he, he, there's a new pope. But why would you... Doesn't one pope have to kill the old pope to become pope? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm thinking of lions. <laughs> thinking of the Detroit lions. Um, here's Chris, the teacher. You're on Fez. Hey, boys. How we doing, uh, Fezzy? I just want to give my uh, condolences to you. We exchanged emails about a doctor a couple of times. I'm really sorry you're going through this now. Thank you. Whoa. Sounds like Vez has a friend. Uh, just want to ask you guys, I'm a teacher. Uh, so I do social studies. We have to three fucking radio shows. We have to do Japan on the, uh, in this unit, this chapter right now. Should I be showing these kids the pictures and the devastation of the videos and stuff, or is it just going to be hitting them home for the wrong effects? Um, what, how old are the kids? We've got ninth and 10th graders. You're looking at 15, 16-year-old kids, uh, you know, they're going to be wowed by it. They're going to be in awe. A couple other teachers, a uh, couple other teachers, I hear laughter coming from the classrooms, which makes me sick. Well, because but, kids, they laugh out of nervousness and weirdness. And I remember, like, even being a kid, if someone brought up death, I would be just like, nah, it couldn't happen. Not to me. Like, I'm sure it happens to other people. But I remember at one point even thinking when I was, like, a little kid, I'll never get older. That's crazy. Why would I? I'll just stay a kid. You just can't imagine that. Yeah. I mean, we hate children because of their youth and the fact that it doesn't feel like they're part of this. And then we hate ourselves because we understand mortality. But when you're a kid, you don't. That's why you have to make up lies to them like, oh, your dog went went upstate and will fucking farm. <laughs> Happier now. Uh, did you see Zach Galifianakis on Saturday Night Live? The other I, caught, day? I caught parts of it, yeah. So now can you stop attacking Saturday Night Live and see that even if you can only pull off a show like this once or twice a year, it's worth keeping it there? When everyone's always saying to me, they got to get rid of that show. What else are you going to put there on Saturday Night 11.30? You got a better fucking <laughs> idea? Is that much. Galifianakis is the man. Uh, Todd, you're Hey, hey, what do you say? Yeah. 
Um, listen, I'm an audible listener. This is my first time. I have like time off and I'm not even listening live. I just wanted to call in because I have all these questions that I've never been able to ask. All right, audible boy. All right. First of all, in the summertime, one day Fez came in and said that he liked someone that was in the office. You guys never talked about it again. Whatever happened with that? Did that happen, Fez? Um, I had mentioned should I pursue something, and everyone was pretty much against it, so I just let it go. I don't remember anyone being against it, but hey, that's fine. I don't care either way. The next question that I have is, you guys, I loved Movie Club, and there's so many great things going on, like with Netflix and all that stuff that we could all watch and listen about. How about bringing that back, Ronnie? Well, my problem is, with Dave gone from the show, who am I going to discuss it with? Zito? No, uh, you can't I mean, do who that. could I possibly sit down and discuss film and music with? You got Hicks. What's up? But <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't exactly make a club. Fez doesn't watch movies and he doesn't like music. And Zito is um, Zito. He's yeah, Zito. He's a Zito. He's got kind of a fast food thing. He's not a great appreciator of art. No, he truly isn't. But that, then. Hicks, tell, tell tell everybody what you told me, maybe just to make me mad, but what he's doing during the show today. Well, this is, uh, I, I walked into the booth and I saw him just staring at a photo that he took with Selena Gomez. <laughs> All right, so instead of paying attention to the show, he's looking at a picture of him and Selena Gomez. How could I fucking sit down and talk about film in this thing? Attractive young lady. Um, here's Brian. You're on a fez. Hey, what is he known for anyway? Thoughts and Disney, prayers. This uh, Disney shows. Quick uh, thing, guys. Yeah, kids are pretty immature. I remember when the space shuttle blew up. I laughed my ass off. I had no idea how to react to this thing. So I can only imagine what kids are, how kids are I, reacting. To how old, how old were you when the space shuttle blew up? I was 15. Now, what was it about that that made you laugh? Uh... Probably the jokes running through my head about, oh, what does this button do? Stuff like that. I mean, the jokes were flying like two seconds after it happened. Yeah, and, and people, you know, people have to, people do that uh, because of fear. They just don't want to act like this is real. Or is real, as I like to call it, or the promised land. Dennis, Winnipeg, you're on Winnipeg. Hey, Ron, uh, pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, Galifianakis did a skit on Saturday Night Live this weekend about Winnipeg, and uh, people are all up, upset about it. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm under no illusions of where I live. We're kind of up here in the middle of nowhere, but I thought it was hilarious. Well, the whole thing was how you guys always think that you're the nicest people in the world, right? Well, we are, Ron. <laughs> no, you know what? The only people who say that are Canadians. And I'm not even kidding you with this. The kids in the hall were telling me we are the kindest people ever. And I'm like, I've watched your fucking show. You're cruel. Yeah, and by the way, you just destroyed this fucking stage. As you And no one else has ever came in and physically started to destroy a stage. And yet the Canadians will tell you to a person, we're all really nice. No. You're fucking not. Well, we're Ronnie. We're all kind of like Fez's dad was. We're we're nice folks, but we kind of love that dark humor. And I but, think a lot of our comedians are like that. I mean, uh, l let me explain something to you. It's up to other people to say you're nice people. You shouldn't go around saying it about yourself. 
Well, we're, we're like Kiss. If you keep saying that you're the greatest rock and roll band of all time, maybe people will start I never it. fucking believed them either. Yeah. <laughs> Only retards fucking fall for that. You are the fucking Kiss of humanity. There's no doubt about it. But no, you're not fucking nice people. And it's very funny for you guys to say you have a tough time taking a joke. Canadians have come down here and beat up the United States and we pay money for it. Canadian com- comedians have done remarkably well. Remarkably well in this country. And Americans have loved it. And one joke about Canada and you fucking red asses are sitting up there in the snow crying. Very pussy. Because everyone's not saying they're so nice. Oh, they have bags of milk. Isn't that nice? They have bags of milk. I want a bag of milk. All right. He's about to fucking pop it out here. And he's got it down to three words. Fez Watley. 202 Friends, March Madness Now. <laughs> what was that for? Because it was more than three words. <laughs> I honestly, I got news for you. I don't think this is going to be as big. I can't see that. As the soccer. People love college the soccer basketball. Was uh, hey, bartender, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddies, what's going on? Hey, getting back to that Coke and Pepsi thing, I'm yes. in the restaurant business. No, you get people that come shows. in and say, do you have, uh, like, Pepsi products? And they say no. You know, they don't really care. This this asshole the other day comes in and asks if we have Coke products. We said no, and he says, well, I'll have a cup of coffee. Like, what the fuck's that about, you know? <laughs> like, I've never heard. Why didn't you ask him? What are you going, excuse me, I'm on a fucking call radio show. <laughs> and find out you had the opportunity to go, what the fuck is this all about? And you just didn't do it. I know, I dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> Where's your bar at? Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm going to come over and hang out with you one day. you got to come over, dude. Hey, yeah. I called up before. I was going to buy uh, Fezzi a blowjob shot for his birthday. Oh, he would have loved it. Oh, I know he would Hicks talks about you constantly. <laughs> Hicks, you taking your camels to uh, South by Southwest? Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I'm worried about if they're foreign cigarettes, they might bust my balls. I haven't been on a plane in a long time. I, well, don't, I we, don't think that they will. What Where's do they the gun do? shirt? How else do you think fucking cigarettes get here? Do you think they blow up in planes? A lot of fucking cargo fucking pilot here. Who's Anthony walking around with? Looks like he's just giving it Let me see him. So I know one thing. He never books anybody here. I don't know if he books other places. No. But everybody else in booking is like, oh, we love you, you get the best interviews. I see Anthony. He's just like this. Think of all the things. I don't know who he gets. I think a lot of the hip hop. Shade 45 he's running for. Well, motherfucker, why don't you get me that? Get me in the game in one-on-one. All right. Let's say things going. Let's have a fucking, um, you know, I was watching Little John last night. Fucking. How's he doing? He's so small. It's sad. I don't think he's going to grow any bigger. Oh. He's 4'1". What? Yeah. The he they, they raped him so many times in prison. <laughs> Julie, it was lovely having you in here today. Thank you so much. You're Thank not you. as depressed as you tweet. <laughs> and I want you to remember that. I'll try. You're I'll adorable. Try. We'd love to meet your boyfriend someday. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you guys are all mine. Oh. <laughs> Hicks. Yes. Thanks for finally once getting Julie to come in. I've asked for you like 19 times. And <laughs> I this, have no time. I and like, uh, this is what Hicks says back to her. Take her! 
I can't even understand him. Well, so I get excited. <laughs> bullshit thing that he yells out. There's no bullshit. <laughs> Straight shooter. Well, that's uh, our song for today. Um, we're coming back in here tomorrow. Thanks for sharing the story about Dead Man Soup today. I'll never forget, sure. I'll never forget it. Brazilian Julie, thank you so much for coming in here today. Thank you. And thanks for doing well. And, and now I won't worry about you anymore. No. I'll just know that you're show business uh, doing like a fucking showboat on Twitter now, and I won't worry. <laughs> Hicks. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, you're welcome. Wait. <laughs> you know, I want to thank you and uh, Selena Gomez. <laughs> For taking a picture together, I saw him today. I go, what the fuck are you doing out here in the lobby? And he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to get something from the talent department." Oh. <laughs> Just posing away. Ah, oh, maybe maybe he got some from talent department, did he? Why are you constantly on his fucking side? I'm not on anyone's and side. Fez, I'm just when he's on when those two gang up on me. How come you're not fucking gang up? What? I'm right here. By the <laughs> way, that looks like Dave four years ago before he let things go. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Flips, get fucking Eastside David in the next commercial. Yeah. I'm proud of Danny Flips for flipping in a commercial. It's great. I just don't want him to be only about flipping, though. I want him to get try some other stuff. A split or something? <laughs> I was thinking math problems. Oh. <laughs> All right. We are out of here. Uh, anything else we need to plug, Fez? Just want to remind people, go to 202 Friends, get signed up for March Madness. It starts this week. Get registered and get ready to win. Trip for two to New York City. That's if you win the Sirius XM competition. If you win the Ron and Fez group, you're getting the signed Bill Walton Hall of Famer ball. 202 Friends for all the details. And get as many people as you know to play this. Uh, make sure you win that fucking trip. Come into New York and Fuck hang out. Yeah. Party. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Sucking and packing. <laughs> That's it. Come on over, Julie. You're the one who gets to push this today. You get to push this because you had such a good day. I was going to let, uh, well, I was going to let Bob Geldof do it, but no. Yeah. I do it. That's the wrong one. It's one under. See, it's under. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Show.